to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front, our movie this week excites the shit out of me. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, 2004, Michelle Gondry. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray. Blurry? I said Blu-ray. You had a thing going. I, for a long it, it time. Was cat- it was catchy, too. You anyway, blew it. Pop in your Blurry or DVD. Press you play, press it. pause when the Focus Features logo fades to black. The first frame you perceive of all black, go ahead and press pause on your DVD, as I have here. And in a second, I'll say 3, 2, 1 on pause, at which point I'll press play here. And over there, you do the same thing. And what happens is the movie plays at the same time for both of us. And you can watch the movie with us in perfect sync. Only it won't be like any other commentary. Well, it will. But it'll have four friends in your head this time, and you don't know Michelle Gondry. So this is way better. We're a little rusty, you guys. At the table today <laughs> is myself, as always, Teague Christie, and my friend Brian, William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman-Scott. Hi. And Eddie, the Eddie Doty. Au revoir. Oh, that's goodbye. I suck. Yeah, I'm dyslexic. Aloha. Yeah. Aloha, I think you were Alo- thinking. Man. Well, no. I, uh, how do you say hello in French? Because Michel Gondry is a, is a French oh. guy. Wow. Um, bonjour. Bonjour. That's right. That's that, right. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I love this movie, uh, mostly because I love Michel Gondry's direction and his creative ideas, and I love uh, Charlie Kaufman's writing. And I tend to really dislike them. Well, not exactly in Charlie Kaufman's case, but I tend to dislike them when they do the other thing. So when Michel Gondry is writing his movie, I don't really like it. And when Charlie Kaufman is directing his movie, I like it, but everyone else hates it. So this is the perfect fit for both of them, in my opinion. And it could not be better. Uh, it's just this bizarre, interesting, layered, very, very well thought out, colorful, beautiful movie with the only performance of Jim Carrey's that I think I like. When he's doing a serious thing. When he's being dramatic. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, The Mask was some of his great work, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't really care for The Majestic that much. And Truman Show, actually, I forgot about Truman Show. Yeah, Truman, Truman Show is really Truman good. Truman Show I love. The Majestic is mad, but Truman Show, definitely. Brian, how do you feel about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? You know, the pile of movies we had today, they were like, which one should we do? And we looked through the stack that we have. It was a study in movies that I haven't seen in a long time. So this is no exception. But I, I remember loving it. I remember... Uh, really loving the hell out of it. I just haven't seen it in a long time. Are so. you particularly a fan of Kaufman or Gondry? I am, and I think I think we're all in the, the agreement that the the paradigm is them working together is the best. They're they're okay, and there's certain strengths separated. But when they okay. try to Charlie Kaufman's an okay writer, and Michelle Gondry's an okay director. Well, on their own, yeah. yeah, on their own, yeah. Have you seen Michelle Gondry's music videos? Yeah, they're great, and they're wonderfully directed, but he can't write. And Oh, no, he can't. No. Anyway, Dorkman, Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I absolutely love this movie. It's it's wh- What I love about it is it's it's one of the most honest romance stories I've ever seen, the most honest love stories. In that it's fatalist and I've depressing? Ever seen. Um, it, it, but it's not. It, it, you can take it that way, but it's it, it's not really that way. It's It's almost... It's it's the opposite in a lot of ways, which we'll get to when I guess we it get uses to the that end. fatalism as the starting point to get to, but yeah. it takes that fatalism as the genuine. Yeah, exactly. Sentiment. It's like yeah, it's it's like we actually brought this. There's movie. a matter of acceptance, and uh, I mean, I went, uh, I, I this this movie gets to the heart of of what I what I think about um, relationships and stuff so much, which I didn't know until I saw it, obviously. But when I did, I actually saw it on a date. 
<laughs> and when we came Good out, date movie. well, here's the thing. When we came out, the the guy was like, "I didn't get it," and I'm like, "We are never talking again." <laughs> <laughs> I told him, "I'm like, this That's is it. never going We're to happen. Done. That's it. We're done." Um, so, so, yeah. so, we, so I have I have broken up with people over this movie. <laughs> Uh, we brought up Eternal Sunshine on the up commentary as like the counterpoint to the romance in that movie. Right. We were talking about how, well, you can either spend your entire life with this person and they die and it sucks then, or you can be borderline miserable the entire way through, but it's more exciting. And you write better songs. And why yeah. not just waste the time with the person? Then you have a person. To an extent, yeah. Eddie Doty, well, Eternal yeah. Sunshine of the... I'm going to keep saying the entire title. Right, sure. Spotless Mind. Uh, for our listeners who tend to not like the Love Fest movies... Sorry, last chance. Because yeah. uh, I absolutely adore this movie. I, that, and that's, I think it's a good choice of words. I adore this movie because, and it's not just some, you know, romanticized fanaticism. I think it's incredibly smart and, like Dorkman said, incredibly honest. And and love and relationships are hard work, and they are sometimes messy and sometimes extremely frustrating. No one can anger you more than the person you love more. And I think this is one of the few movies that that actually has the balls to come out and sort of say it. Um, and doesn't gloss over anything, but it also doesn't. It's not depressing because it's the the moments that are sweet and real and romantic are treated with the exact same honesty and even handedness. I think the structure works beautifully for the story it's telling, and it's the the structure um, plays out exactly you know as a plot device to how the process of the memory erasing works. And uh, and I think it's just incredibly smart. And Michel Gondry just knows he's able. He, you can tell like when he creates an idea, he doesn't just. Created, he doesn't discover it as he's going along and shift things along. He's like, okay, well, this is the story, and then I'm just going to fill in words. Like he sees the entire story from start to finish at the beginning, or so it seems. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I don't know how he does that. Um, and as far as his music videos go, I've, I've been a huge fan um, of, of a lot of stuff he's done. And and for me, I, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying with him and Charlie Coffin. I think that's one of the best sort of writer director pair ups. Uh, you know, the sum is is more than the whole of the parts. I think what they make together is better than what they do individually. And uh, and as far as this movie and, and you know it, it's it's impact on my life at that time. You know, in my mid twenties when it came out, uh, it, it really does just give you all sorts of wonderful feelings, good and bad. So, right on. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and press play. So get your mouse remote ready. You're at the point where the focus features logo faded to black. Three, two, one. Unpause. What's interesting is that it just occurred to me that Michelle Gondry. This sounds off the bat pejorative. It sounds like I'm getting a jab in at them, and I'm not. They're both gimmicky at what they do. Charlie Kaufman tends to write around a, a weird, th- like, I, want, I wonder if I can make this work for a screenplay. No. With adaptation, it's the adaptation of it. With Malkovich, it's, you know, it's, he just has these weird writing gimmicks. It's, it's story-driven and character-driven as always, but they're always kind of centered on this framework of weirdness, and usually it's in the structure too. And Gone reads sort of the same way. He's like, I have this really weird idea for a, we could do this. And that works really well with Gondry doing three-minute music videos, and, you know, mileage may vary on his feature work. Kaufman, I always like his writing, but it's interesting that they're both these guys that are like, I wonder if I can make this work, and you put them together, and you get, you know, this could have just been terrible. Yeah, they're they're definitely... This could have been a huge mistake. It's definitely the kind of thing where it's like, they're kind of weird in different directions, so they, like, pull against each other and end up going kind of straight down the middle, so it's still weird, but it, it... this is probably the the movie that makes the most sense out of what either of them has done. There's yeah. something self-indulgent about both of them, and there's something in the pair up between the two where their self-indulgences cancel each other out, uh-huh. I want to say. Yeah, um, I can see that, yeah. But they both have a tendency to, like, I'm going to be weird and maybe not necessarily have a good reason right. for yeah. it. Well, but here it, it's, it works. The best way I could categorize it is when you look at both of their individual work, you always think, man, it must have taken a long time to think through that. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Like you watch a music video, it's just like shit. He must have spent a, a year thinking about that video. And the same with Charlie Kaufman. I mean, if you try to figure out the layers present in the script, I mean, you have to. Re- you know, you're thinking on four recursive levels trying to make sure nothing doesn't work. Which I think probably makes for a much better script when you have to really work at it with tools to make sure it's a functioning work of art, it's un- as opposed to The Phantom Menace. It's unfortunate that that Jim Carrey is so tall and lanky because he looks like he's being silly even when he's trying to do like a serious. <laughs> yeah, run. he has he has the pratfall body. He's been yeah. cursed with the, the, the Chevy Chase structure. <laughs> Not Chevy Chase now on Community, folks. I'm talking Chevy Chase. You know, Saturday Night Live. His Gerald Ford days. And his, exactly his Gerald Ford days, where he's just this long beanpole. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's. I think it's really it's speaks volumes that is really bold casting. I think to put. Jim Carrey is this because he is not the obvious character or actor for this character. How do you think he does? I think he does great. I and I and I stand by uh, Jim Carrey as a dramatic actor, with the exception of number twenty three or number eighty four. Twenty three, it was. Yeah, yeah. Or fuck you or 1804, whatever. Eighteen oh four, twelve oh four. Yeah, whatever. That, well, no, the no, no, fourteen oh eight was John Cusack. That was John Cusack. Yeah, the, yeah. the fifth element. I don't know. <laughs> no, the point is, I, th- I think he. Uh, I, I I do like him a great deal in Truman Show. I do like him a great deal in Cable Guy. I think Cable Guy is a, a horribly I like underrated Cable Guy. movie. And I think what the 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 sort of the self-loathing edge that he brings into into a cable guy that he brings here—it's uh, just—it's really whatever it is that makes him. him what, was he married himself. to Jenny McCarthy at this point? Uh, th- well, he was never married to Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, That's he didn't marry her. He technically never did. Uh, well, I think Kate Winslet is a, is again not the obvious choice when you think kind of quirky, punky. Yeah, I you guess know, you're right. She's not the obvious choice. Uh, Elijah Wood, I think, really like there's a, he has a sinister edge to him in this movie that I'd really like to see him explore more yeah, in the future. Sure. Well, he had you that. Know. What was the? He had an indie feature where the poster was him with sunglasses on. And it, uh, the the what the everything is illuminated. Everything right. is illuminated was really good, but that was more of a like a character of discovery. Just, yeah, yeah. Green Street Hooligans. He was in that had like I mean he played a, a, a you know a football goon uh, uh, in that and, and well there was that one movie where he stole a fucking ring. There's that, yeah. Well, and again, that, that's the, like that he was the most compelling. It was given to him yeah. of his performance. That was the most compelling part he of it. He didn't I think. want it. It ceases. <laughs> to, it ceases to be stolen once you give it to someone else. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that's how pawn shops work. <laughs> exactly. It ceases to be stolen once you've sold it. What I love, I mean, and you know, spoilers in case you haven't seen this movie. If you haven't seen this movie without us talking. I mean, really, come yeah, on. For fuck's sakes. But the, you know, you know at this point that this is actually later in the timeline. This is actually the second time they've, they've, they've already broken up by this. They've point. already broken up. They've already broken up and had their minds wiped. Right. So, so their minds wiped as it is. They, you know, it's it they're drawn out. to each other nonetheless. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a great reset. It's like, and that the the biggest debate about you know the biggest like sort of thing to come out of this for me is this idea of. You know what makes us us and identity and 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 you know do our experiences shape us or is there something a little bit more innate? And, this this movie does explore fate a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, fate is one thing. Fate fate sort of suggests or connotates like a cosmic this. force of some kind, and I don't I don't necessarily see it that way. I feel it is just what makes you know the, the things that make us us, and I'm not sure what that is. Uh, draws us to these kinds of people. Yeah, you know I, was, I, mean? I, I should revise. It's actually more of a, a study on the law of attraction. Okay, and and the way you'll always make the same twenty five weird little choices to arrive at this one place, okay. or and he's basically you know he's using a vacuum and saying if we just keep erasing your mind, will you keep kind of being drawn to the same stuff? Right, and the movie answers yes. He drew her really ugly, by the way. Right, I, I just want to point out like her face is not attractive in that drawing he made. Maybe he just sucks. Uh, yeah, I mean not I, everyone I that draws Kate so. Winslet can be as good as James Cameron. That's true. Well, then they shouldn't try. I know. <laughs> 
Well, it's James Cameron. <laughs> of course, it, he did it better. It was so weird because when I, the the age I was when I saw this, like the the her character was like my dream girl, and like just her appearance physically, like that was just you know. It's very I, Natalie Portman I, from I, Garden I, State. I, I went through that. Maybe yeah, no, yeah. I, I see. I, I, I just, I'm I'm going to call BS on that. I don't I don't think it's Natalie Portman at all. I think she's like this own little creature. I'm not saying that would have produced the best relationship for me. I'm just saying that was at that time what I was. It, it's to. a certain fantasy for yeah for a yeah. certain kind of guy. When you when you, <laughs> where the fuck are you saying? <laughs> when you were no, saying I'm earlier, saying I share it. I'm just kidding. When that, you were saying earlier, weird. law of attraction. What exactly did you mean? Like the secret, or like yeah, because I don't think you mean law of attraction the way people say law of attraction. Well, like my secret. understanding of the law of attraction is that it can seem to be that the way something happens is because it was destined to happen because of X, Y, or Z. But it actually boils down to you always having a preference for this or that and the other in the individual moment, which always sort of trend in one particular way that can make it look like. Man, it's so weird that, that happened to you. Like, oh no, that's no. not. Yeah. I uh, that's well, that's that may be a form of a law of attraction. That's not the secret. The secret, yeah. No, the we secret is if you wish for it, you can make yeah, it. Yeah, the law of attraction. You bring yeah. it to you by wanting it really badly. That's, no, no, no. That's not what the the, the law yeah. of attraction that I'm referring to. And I had I heard of the secret after that. Uh, actually, isn't you bring it to you by wanting it? It's that you bring it. Well, it's that it's that you it's, just it's have a tendency you, you to subtly, make certain choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what you happen to want anyway will lead you to make, in a situation where it can go one way or the other, that one decision. And 25 of those in a row right. take you somewhere really far. Sure. Colloquialisms aside, like we, you know, we, we, I, that's, that's certainly a, a huge part of this movie. She's is, snorting chapstick. Is she is up. so dreamy. That's, <laughs> and that's essentially where these kind of characters end up. I mean, these are both, and I, I, again, I really like the fact that this kind of goes against, oh, you know, a sympathetic protagonist. You know, that we get a little bit of sympathy here, but I mean, we peel back the layers and learn some ugly stuff about both of these people. No one really kind of yeah. comes out of this clean. Uh, really, no one comes out. Everyone's got like incredible flaws to it, and and I don't know. I just I I you know I think uh, there's there's a lot to be said about that, and I I think I hope at least as we go further into time, we get more movies that have sort of these fussed up uh, characters. You know, yeah. I just I just love how fucked up and awkward it is because because as far as we know, having watched this the first time, this is the first time these two are meeting, right? And it's like, what the hell is going on between the two of them? Like this is this isn't. Uh, this is playing out naturally, yeah. but that but that means that it's weird and they're not having the same conversation the whole time. Right. And like it's it's just very interesting. And I wonder I wonder how much of it um, uh, was improvised because obviously Jim Carrey has done you know a lot of improving in his roles, and I'm sure Kate Winslet. Right. Uh, I would imagine the script is kind of hammered down. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, certainly it is. But I mean, but then again, like I mean, you know, you look at a movie like Iron Man two, and you kind of forget that a lot of that movie was improv on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they 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 write the but set there's, pieces. Well, there's a difference in the screenwriting that went into the two different movies. Uh, my, certainly, certainly. I'm just saying that I think. Do we know how much? Uh, uh, how much of a five stickler? million dollars? All right. How much of a stickler Kaufman is for? My words are my words. I would imagine he's pretty precious about it, but I don't know. He seems cool in interviews. Well, you don't yeah. know if he's was even on set for this, though. I mean. He I, tends I, to. I, don't I, know figure, how I figure with like a name writer, they would get a little bit more love than you know. Sometimes, Andrew Kevin sometimes Walker they just get something. more money. At the end of the day, it's yeah. a producer and the director's discretion. I think the disc- I think Gondry is probably a huge fan of Kaufman. Will right, probably right, right. want him on board. That said, uh, you know who knows where we weren't on set. And that, right. with that said, Gondry has a very strong directorial hand. So I don't know. I, I don't know to what extent. He but we also know Gondry can't write. So if the dialogue is, is good, then that's true. We know true. who didn't have a hand in it. It's not. It's not as bad as Jean Pierre Genou, you know, in, in Alien uh-huh. Resurrection. But I think it's. 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 You know, he probably doesn't have as much of a command of the language. 
I, I, the, the intimacy, like in this opening scene, it to me is very genuine. Yeah. Even though, even though, and, the they, char- and neither of them understand why. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this is an echo. It's like they're reliving an echo of like their their own lives that yeah. they have no real knowledge of. And you and people can debate. You know, I, I've actually like talked to people who like debated the extent of the technology and really like try to delve into the sci-fi aspect of it and like well you know you can't just like you can't fully erase something from a hard drive you can only shatter it maybe you can shatter right. the memory but the memory actually leads them back and I'm like you're really seeing like the inception for- yeah you're seeing the forest for the trees at that point because that's not what this is, movie is about I actually was about to make a, a, sta- a comment this is earlier. very similar to a, a, what inception especially once we get into the mind right um, once what inception what people feel was missing from it, a lot right. of people. The, the imagination, the weirdness, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna just put this out there. I feel this is more, much more of a mind bending movie and a Mobius yeah. strip right. of a movie. Right. I would than agree. Inception is. I would absolutely agree. Yeah, well, but, I mean, it's a perfect picture of how Christopher Nolan is and how Michelle Gondry is. Well, right. it, okay, Inception deals. Well, with... The way people talk about Inception, they talk about how it's like a Mobius strip. They talk about it film. like it's this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. And, and you know, Inception deals with uh, the dream state as a static thing, as like, okay, we're gonna create a dream, and therefore we know the exact rules of the dream this movie isn't about dreaming it's about deleting the the subconscious and the memory right. and that is that i believe as a framework allows you a lot more freedom even than dreams because dreams at the end of the day and i I, re- I remember reading someone's criticism of inception saying that the the, the dreams would be more wild there'd be a fucking talking squirrel and all there'd be a lot shit. more sex maybe so but you know <laughs> i've had plenty of dreams that play out pretty normal i've had i've had crazy dreams that are yeah, yeah, really yeah. bizarre too i've had very boring linear dreams right but but the, either way you you pick a choice and you stick to it when you're which would make movie, an excellent feature film Right when you <laughs> when you take this when you you know when you're talking about deleting memory and and how badly the the self defense of the mind is to try to cling onto those things you you get a lot more freedom. I feel but like. it's I but it's know. you know it's not even just about deleting memory. It's about it's about the subconscious and about how certain memories can be altered and and yeah. you know um uh you you view things different ways from different perspectives and stuff like right. that so i think this movie has an excellent example of uh we've talked about a million times the magic bean which is all right this is a couple who both can have their minds erased by this technology let's watch how it plays out right and then you get this movie i mean there's really nothing amazing going on in this movie aside from the fact that it takes place in the brain while they're having their memories erased right. that's the one thing you give it it's like and really right, and actually it's only him Oh yeah, it's well, only she, well, about. She does him. do it. But she we does never it, but we it. never see yeah. that. Right. From his event. point of view, and she's yeah. and, and, and and like Inception in his mind, she's a manifestation of his memory of her. Yeah, the th- I mean, you know, again, it comes down really to how you structure the narrative because Inception is essentially a dream lasagna. You go down so many layers, and you've got the pasta layer, <laughs> you've got the meat sauce layer, then you've got another pasta layer, and whatever. This is really much more freeform and almost maze like. You're almost like in a labyrinth of I'm here, then I'm here, then I'm here. There's no there's Which no feels structure. More, to it, how, feels, it feels more dreamy. Yeah, that was the problem I had with Inception. Uh, not not totally. But again, this but isn't dream. This is all, you know, yeah, this yeah, is subconscious. But you know, I, I felt like it evokes it evokes a dream feeling more than Inception because I experienced dreams. At least I remember dreams as being more like this, where it's I was in the bookstore for like two seconds, but I, I don't know how I got there or got back. Yeah, Whereas right. Inception talks about that. You yeah. don't remember how you got here, but then the entire thing plays out. Yeah, it was in like it was like I was in the bookstore with you know my my roommate Brian, and then he was Abraham Lincoln, and I didn't notice exactly. That's how and, you know, right. and as soon as I did notice, then all of a sudden we were at the beach yeah and then, exactly and then grandma's it, there it, it yeah, didn't no, necessarily make inception harder for me to swallow but it, right. it it doesn't feel as much like dude that is how my brain works right. as this does I, I i really like and i don't know the cinematographer but i really like how handheld we get right here and how it's really a cramped apartment in there but you you get this incredible depth of field even more on really tight of them uh and i i i don't know how they i mean i know they shot this on 35 and i know that they were handheld for a good chunk of it 
Um, but so like even here, this establishes that we're handheld on. And oh, it's I all did, handheld. This whole movie. I, yeah, exactly. So it's like I, I feel. I don't know. I feel like a that poor cameraman. Like yeah. I said, there's a sense of intimacy in this movie, partially to do with the lighting, uh, but partially. To it's do all with, very natural. The very, lighting, a lot yeah. of natural light. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, again, it's not at all a Dogma ninety five film, but it's a. Uh, you know, it's you just it's and, fucking Dogma ninety five. And even the edits here are just like you know dreamlike. Even though we are in reality right now, it, it's still everything's got sort of like. It's almost like the memory is being created, and so therefore we're watching a memory in a way. I like compressed in a, in a sense that it's it's more compressed than a normal like continuous sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the way they edit out uh, uh, a lot of the inter- interstitial yeah. moments. Right, but we're also it's also a really good broken rhythm, which as an editor I like because you know we get a lot of you had a basically a series of three not stutter edits but quick edits, and then we hang on his face for a while here, as opposed then, to some, as opposed to a movie that plays out in a right. bunch of. Three second shot. Yeah, we didn't see him walk to his car. We didn't see her walk to her car. We didn't come back to see her. We literally went from his face on the phone to his feet walking out here. And that's a really good rhythm. I, I talked about it a little bit in one of the other commentaries, but Michelle Gondry specifically has talked about really appreciating the movies as a dream state and uh, really appreciating the movies as like a magic trick and like getting the audience to look and think in one direction while he takes you to another place. See, while you um, say all that, I completely, completely agree. Yeah. And then when you, when you say that in Full Metal Jacket, I'm like, okay... But I feel like they they both play out different variations of word by word definitions. Right. Whereas Kubrick will say, "This is a dream state," right, and then you just, it's just this weird thing that happens. Whereas right. Michelle Gondry will say, "This is a dream state. It's a fucking dream." Right. I think, and this is gonna you know, sound. and even if it's in this movie, it is literally the terminology is right. You know, it, the verbiage is of dreams in in adaptation or anything else it's sort of the same thing there just you know this movie's explicitly kind of about dreams there's a lot to be there's a lot to be said about um the differences between uh, kubrick and uh and uh michelle Gondry. like to, not a damn thing in, in common right not a damn thing in common but one one of the things that stands out to me that's really big is the way they use music michelle Gondry's a musician and he knows music really well and he knows he has like kind of a not here but a lot of times he has an underbed of music kubrick a lot of times goes scoreless throughout a lot of his scenes um I remind, it reminded me of something Joss Whedon once said uh, when he was doing the episode of Buffy where Buffy's mom dies. There's no music in that entire episode. And the reason why is because he said music is there to comfort you. Even if it's a scary scene, the music is giving you permission to be scared. If it's a love scene, the music is giving you permission. It sets the tone. It comforts you through that scene. And Kubrick didn't want to comfort you. He was all about unsettling you. Here – you know the music. So we were starting to hear music again. It's getting, here. You're getting sucked into it. You're getting sucked into it, and so it's like it's saying, you know what? Hey, they're lying on ice. This is really romantic. It's okay. I give you permission to sort of feel this way. And 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 Leah, the next day, he's driving her home, and like this is very sweet. Like right now, these scenes are incredibly, incredibly sweet. And I don't know. To me, that's like, like when I think about the immediate difference. That's kind of what springs to mind. Is that why porn is more awesome with a slap base? <laughs> is it, it's inviting you into by, the vagina. And what by slap base do you mean? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought that was kind of like, I don't give it, It's giving you permission to slap, sir. Yes. <laughs> slap your base. Yeah. Or whatever <laughs> is nearby. I don't uh, know if I necessarily agree with that 100%. Okay. Though, because there's nothing... I don't. There's nothing I find comforting about the certain Hans Zimmer scores. Like, in well, Batman no, not not comforting, and, but, but it, it invites you to be a spectator. It's per, it's permission it's to but, feel. The, there, it's permission but, to feel the feel your the feeling you're feeling. 
Or is it? Or, no, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. But yeah, could you could you maybe put it another way? Is it's it's almost? It's reminding it, you that you're watching a movie. Yeah, exactly yeah, that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it gives you it gives you the distance of reminding you that you're watching a movie, and, and that's what I mean by you, comfort. Right. right. If, you, if you don't have that, then you don't have the the comfort of the the one step removed right. and that can make it weird. I, I think that's exactly right. It's okay. like it's like when they'll have a conversation where it's like a heated sort of argument between lovers, and it's there's no music and it's awkward and you're sort yeah. of like you're sort of like i don't know how, it's like, like mommy can, just hit can i leave daddy just hit mommy at the dinner table type yeah. feeling where if oh, they're, if they're playing that. that with some sort of like rising strings you're just sort of like oh no these guys i feel so bad for them like one way makes you feel awkward and one way makes you at least able to feel whatever it is if it's the you know psycho theme then it's fucking loud yeah i think i think that's i think that's like where we're all feeling here um, and so now this is the the break in the narrative. Like once we get to title here, because I think the titles go up here. Yeah, the yeah. title is um, like twenty minutes in. Yeah, which is great. I love that, and I love. I mean, where to do where to put your titles? And that's see. We, so we go to black, and we're here, and we're actually at the technically the beginning yeah. of the the story. There it, seems to be some blue in the in the in the blacks. I wonder if there's a color correction thing going on. Uh, it's, it's not as it's not as harsh as as it no. becomes later uh, in in the you know. Uh, uh, the industry doing that all the time. The dissolve on the titles is really yeah. Nice. I was just thinking about that. That's like a, it's like a, a weird like it's breaking apart. A, it's, a like, it's almost like a dither, but it's, it's like, like you're a forgetting stylized it. dither dissolve. But um, um, yeah, I mean, it, you if you haven't seen it before, you assume that this came after right. all that other stuff. But is there anything actually, this movie does wrong? I mean, it's really hard. It's really it, you're so you're so very playing in his field on this movie, their field. Kaufman and Gondry, but and is, there, is there anything is you're awesome like, this, all right, I get mm-hmm. what you're doing, and I think maybe if he'd done this, I, I think the easiest shot to take in that sort of conversation would be of casting, because everything else is so, well, I wouldn't have come up with any of this, so good job, fella. I, I, I love the cast down to everybody. I'm not a, I'm not a great, huge Kirsten Dunst fan, but I think she's perfect in this role. I think it's the best acting she's done. I agree. She, since this is since the only time Interview. I like, her. like, since Interview, like, that's like the only... Uh, Interview with the Vampires like is one of the few things I really really like her. In. And that episode of Next Generation she was on. I uh, can't. Remember. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were trying to? She fo- was like ten years old. If they anyway. were trying to focus this movie, and then the studio head doesn't know what to change to make them like it more. Charlie Kaufman was an executive producer. Oh, not not surprising. Not yeah. surprising. That, yeah, that often happens with yeah. Yeah. writers, with name writers at least. Yeah, especially since they came up with this movie, and since they like established a lot of the meetings to get the financing and the you know. And selling it to the studio writers often, especially as the writers do a lot of the legwork and and sort of pitching it, then yeah, it gets a. Uh... Charlie Kaufman's like the good Shyamalan. Um, uh, well, they uh, both kind of hang on gimmicks, but I guess Shyamalans are always the exact same sort of gimmick. Like Shyamalan will always no, have a Shyamalan's twist. Shyamalan's problem is that they're not actually gimmicks. Yeah. Well, okay, that's another exactly right thing to say, but you know, I and, and it's a very easy thing to say, but I mean, a big problem is ego. Like, I mean, uh, at some point. Shyamalan started believing. I think Charlie Kaufman still hates himself. I think he's yeah, and I think I think out of that sort of suffering comes really great art. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. Aside from uh, Synecdoche, but that's just me. They can't all be uh, winners. You know? They can't all be winners. I like Synecdoche. We're gonna get there. Uh, well, it's like it's like what's his name said. You know, I worked just as hard on. Uh, what was that one movie as I did? Keep Goldsman. Yeah, Keep Goldsman. Yeah. I worked just as hard on this as I worked on that. And I, you know, I, hey, I read the original draft of the first Transformers script, and that was by uh, Orchie and uh, Kurtzman, and that, that thing rocked. And, you know, you'd never know what happens on the way, <laughs> to the, the way to the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go to sleep now, Frank. So now, so we again, we still don't even know. Uh, I mean, we know it from advertising, but you don't know the MacGuffin of the movie right. is as this. I this love that they gave erasing. him those pajamas. Yeah, just, yeah, 
your your issue your issued memory rape. Yeah, pajamas. it's like your your tote bag, your your complimentary tote bag. It's probably yeah. because they have clients that sleep in the nude and they just don't oh, want to deal with that. Possibly, that's yeah. a great great point. Or maybe they just got like lice in it or some yeah. shit. I never thought of that. I thought it was just yeah. like thank you for choosing to erase your memory before doing yeah. so. You might want to put on like because you because never... he, he wakes up and he <laughs> looks like a, at his pajamas like what the fuck? fuck is it's this? like it's like I a pharmaceutical seen, yeah. company giving you a pen. Right. It's just thank you for choosing us. Here's some pre-pajamas. Yeah. But just imagine that. I mean, if you look at the chronological timeline of this, he's so brokenhearted. He decides to do this. He goes to bed. He's really, really upset. He wakes up, and he meets her the very next day. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just can't fucking escape. But so much movie happens in between those yeah. two movements. He can't, well, he can't. I mean, part of it is because, you know, they're, they've got that connection to Montauk, which is where they met. Yeah. Um, and there's the whole bit where the last thing she says in his memory is, meet me at Montauk. So yeah. there's some kind of resonance there for him. And the, the whole thing is, obviously, there's something for her as well how do you guys and feel about ruffalo they both end up there i've really come I to like, like ruffalo. ruffalo a lot mm-hmm. i really have um uh i saw I, him in I, i'm only aware of him in this to be honest now i know he's, he's gonna be hulk zodiac zodiac all right. yeah. the, the, the kids are all right kids I are all right i hear that's amazing but right. what was that first movie he did with um he also he also um fucked meg ryan in the uh, on the ropes movie on the, uh, no no in, no in the cut in the cut in the cut yeah she, that, she gets crazy naked in that movie um and blows a dude Oh, oh. Or a body double does. Yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. No, this is. Uh, yeah, I love. <laughs> I love all this stuff here. The 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 use of the rack focus in this is really really good. Uh, and again, it's it's got uh, it's got a point to it. It's a cinematic device that you see in movies, but with the specific purpose, a specific storytelling purpose in this. The way he, I mean, th- we we're gonna keep talking about it in little catnaps the entire movie, but all of the things he does in camera are outstanding. He's a real big proponent of in camera effects and in camera. Magic. There's one effect I talked about a little bit in a different commentary coming up that I'll, I'll point out. But he's really good at, you know, whereas a lot of people would be like, oh, just CG. He doesn't. He's like, no, we can do that in camera. Yeah. There, there is a good amount of CG in this movie. Oh, certainly but, there is. But there's a lot of stuff that that they're like, we don't need to. We can just do yeah, that. Why, why, right. why, are we why would bother? we spend money doing that when we can get it right now? Right. Nolan is is of a similar uh, frame of mind, I, I think, in some ways. And the fact that he does a lot of stuff in camera but knows, like, the strategic application of – you know when to use yeah. it when to not and when to use it as much as you can to take it 90 percent of the way and then just use that last 10 percent to last enhance. cg for that last 10 percent i i tend to agree with that i like cg as a way to enhance what's happening as opposed to just fabricate out of whole cloth you know right I mean? yeah so, i mean granted you know giant space demon dog with a three-headed whatever is probably you probably can't trick that in the camera but beyond that there's ways to do it well that's like what we talked about on what commentary what it was fountain maybe where it's uh, it's it's definitely Nolan's philosophy, and it's a lot of others, including yours for RVD two. Uh, it's to get as much in camera as you can, or at least photograph as much as you really can, and then whatever small yeah. piece left over, then and, only and put it to together. And in, in yeah, what we just saw was that scene where he was in the Barnes and Noble, and then he walks out, and he's in the living room. Yeah, that's yeah, I, that's a perfect distillation of how I feel like dreams should work on on film. Yeah, I get, just yeah. like exactly. I'm in the. And well, also he the lights think going out. The lights going out. Yeah, that memory's gone now. Jane Adams, by the way, who plays the uh, the the I don't. Know, well, actually, the, we get we do go back to that memory. Yeah. But J- Jane yeah. Adams, Jane Adams here. Uh, she was in. She's in Hung now. You might recognize her from that. But she was in Happiness uh, some ten years ago. I am kind of blown away. She didn't get more work outside of the indie world because I think she's. I think she's really really good. She does really good work in what she does here. David Cross, another you know really brilliant comedian who doesn't ham this up. He plays his small role. 
with a lot of character. There's a lot of character in yeah. sort of what he does. You get a really great dynamic uh, from this couple, and I love how this couple, the married happy couple, is all fucking spiky and angry. But you yeah. know what? That's a relationship that works. That's what you kind of strive for is just a relationship where you're together, but you fuss and you know, beyond, and sometimes you go too far. But they do love each other, and it's you know that's like that's like the model. That's like the best that that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet can sort of strive to be. You know, right, they're the they're the ones who didn't fucking erase their brains to get away from yeah, each other. Yeah, they, they stuck it out and they yeah. worked, and this is this is what you get. It's not always pretty, but it is what it is. Yeah. Clementine Krushinsky? Yeah, that Krushinsky. Krushinsky, yeah. yeah. Bill Barish, yeah. Oh, boom! There's the little, what happened there. Yeah. With the name erasing, because he's forgetting her, huh? Huh. Yeah, I will say. Uh, How as, did they do this? As someone who is married to a, a woman who's half Polish, she does. Kate Winslet does have sort of the Polish booty in this movie. Oh. Uh-huh. How did they do, what? they do that a couple times with that fogginess? Where he's walking through the street in perfect clarity, and then immediately behind him, everything is much, much milkier, much more foggy looking. It didn't look post. It, 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 maybe they're just walking yeah. behind him with a screen. Possibly. But yeah. Okay. That's that would be a very that would be a very it's yeah, entirely plausible plausible way of doing it. Man, everyone be fucking forgetting their memories today. You kind of get, you kind of realize that, and I've seen this in other uh, Gondry films. He establishes location, but really tight. He establishes location on details of the location, as opposed to the, you know, what nor- normally someone would yeah, do. You with don't the, really with get the why. It's not the room. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't get the why. You don't get there. And that can. That's a tricky balancing act because because you run the risk of just being really muddled. But he makes that work. He it's what he chooses to focus in on that lets you know where you are. You know. Like, but the behind the counter, of some sort of medical office has a distinct look, and he gives you that feeling. It's all it's partially sound design as well, but he's able to sort of balance that. What's Gondry done lately? He's working on Green Green Hornet, Hornet, Hornet. Yeah. Hornet. yeah, which I'm, I'm going to be very curious. Not to see. Green Lantern, not no. And please do not confuse two because Green Lantern is like my favorite comic book ever. But yeah, Green Hornet is uh is is what he's working on with Seth Rogen. That was originally going to go to um, what's his name uh, Stephen Chow. He was going to direct that, and then Gondry picked it up. That's an interesting property as far as like you know. And Green, make no mistake, Green Hornet is not a super. It's not a comic book. It's not from that. It was. It was what? Uh, it, yeah, it's not comic book based. It was based off the old TV show, which in itself was, I think, based off some pulps. But Green, and radio serial, radio serial, yeah. yeah. So huh. Green Hornet was never. That's why I said, oh, it's a comic book. No, it's not. Do your research. It's not an actual comic book. They're just confusing um, it with Green. They've made comic Green books Lantern. since then, but comic book was another. Ed- adaptation of the original source material um and that's an interesting one to do so because uh and and that's it, it doesn't surprise me that he would choose something really sort of okay that's <laughs> no one was demanding a green hornet movie you know right so kevin smith was supposed to direct one 10 years ago and that didn't happen because kevin smith just realized he could not fucking make an action movie yeah he's he wasn't ready to sack up for that one and so <laughs> it's just like nope nope no weinstein one and then 10 years later we get cop out yeah, yeah. And, and then we saw why he didn't. He didn't. Uh, <laughs> he didn't do well, good I morning. mean, I remember he like he was convinced to do it by Wein- uh, by Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein said, "Ah, oh, just get a second unit director to do your action." No, no don't no. do that. <laughs> like, so there you go. That's a lark. That's terrible, but true. The movie is really especially true. The movie is really character. backlit on Joel's face. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, and 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 again, it's been a few years since I've seen this, but you know, and again, we don't know how that. That scratch happened. That that dent on the door actually helps us out in some scenes, especially these early scenes. Right to let us know where we're at. Wait, exactly. In terms of yeah, the timing. And we really don't learn the cause until two thirds of the way. Like as we break into three is when we learn how that dent came to be. Yeah. Now, or maybe sooner. I'm not exactly sure. But 
I know that we're all aware of them, but I want to spend some time for the listener talking about Michelle Gondry's music videos. Yay! If you have not, if you're not aware of having seen them, just YouTube that shit right now and spend the next four hours feeling really, really bad about your abilities. Better yet, buy <laughs> the Palm Videos collection because you get commentaries, you get a really awesome little book inside of it. And the menu is hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> he has done, my, my favorite music video, if you want to just start looking, he does a bunch of White Stripes and a lot of Bjork. Um, my favorite is Let Forever Be by the Chemical Brothers. Mine as well. And uh, there's a bunch of other ones. Dead Leaves on Dirty Ground. Lucas with the lid off. Uh, Daft Punk around the world. He's I just, really enjoy Coming to My World. Kylie Coming to My World. Coming to My World is great. That's great. Anyway, all of these things we've just said that are weird abstract phrases, they're actually songs. YouTube them and be blown away by what the guy can do. Yeah. I still like the Lego one. The, the, oh, the Lego oh, the, one. Yeah, he uh, fell great. in love with a girl. That was that was one that really kind of made people go, oh, hello there. Yeah. And the process that the way they did that was beautiful. They... they um, they shot it on digital video, the, you know, the original video of, of them, of their performance. And then what and they, they did... they traced it with Legos? No. What they, well, yes, but what they did was they took each frame, they reduced the quality until it was, until it was like a really, like, 50 to 1. It was just like a really horrible, chunky, pixelated uh, quality. And then they printed it out on photo paper and then built the Legos on top of that paper. Clever. They nice. Legoscoped yeah. it. They le- yeah, they Legoscoped. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm proud of Michael. I know. Okay. So he'll, he'll find these really interesting ways to do it. If you ever get a chance to see the storyboard for the Daft Punk Around the World video, please do so because it's just this phenomenal drawing that he made. Look, uh, at, look at what's going on, by the way. This the, I don't know what his deal is, but the uh, dog. on the right, the dog, Buster. She's got all the shit from the dog. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, and I love that. You learn so much about these people. He's got some kind of bowling trophy, which yeah. is like, oh, what? Oh, shit. Yeah, okay, I guess you don't want to remember being a bowler. Yeah. Maybe, maybe his son bowl was anymore. a bowler and he died. Or maybe his son, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, exactly. That's that's what I love about that. He throws in such detail to to all this stuff. It's like it's like in the, uh, what was it, Dawn of the Dead? Where right. I was pretty good at being a dad. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. You, that's, you, you uh, put one little hair of a detail and let them, you know, that's a Let devastating. Let them form the hairball around yeah, it. Yeah, that's a devastating little line, and 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 uh, really, you know, and uh, James Gunn did a, a beautiful job putting that in there in that way. Um, for the music videos, the uh, the one that I really remember that stood out in my mind was uh, from 1994's uh, "Lucas with the Lid Off" by Lucas, who's a French rapper, and um, he the, that video is a blatant um, oneer. It's a complete steady cam one take for the entire video thing and what he does is wherever the action is happening there's a, a frame on a c-stand that has numbers on it so he'll put the camera right on the c-stand on the frame so that you don't see the frame anymore and you see the action happen and the camera backs out and moves to the next one and I've, you can I've seen this one and you can see where the number is going to take you because sometimes he'll reuse the same phrase so it'll be like one fourteen seven you know so you know exactly where he's going to go and it follows lucas and it shifts perspective it shifts geography and it's it's really phenomenal how he did that and i was really kind of starting to appreciate film at that age and i saw that i'm like that'll devastate wow it's, like it's, wow that just levels your self-esteem yeah. you, you, MTV, you, you need a gateway director if, M- yeah. if you jump straight into gondry you will overdose and die that was one of those things that made me say well i'm never gonna think of something like that so i should probably just not fucking do it like just i did not even attempt right uh and that um you can see that on mtv because mtv didn't play it. you had to watch it on the box which was like this music video over quest channel uh, and some dudes would like request that all day long just, and, and get high, so, uh, you know, supposedly. But, um, but yeah, that's I mean, in all those videos, he has such a strong hand in the treatments he writes for those. He, it's like as soon as he hears the song, he just knows. Uh, even that Beck video for um, where he's playing on the beach. Yeah, it's for the it's Lifeless for the Ordinary soundtrack, yeah. and he hates incorporating footage from the movie into that. But he did it in such a way, so he did did on his terms. Right. He kind of did what he did with Let Forever Be in the sense that he would use an image from a clip of the movie and then that would launch him into thematically an entirely, new an entirely different setup. Yeah. Now on the same note, what's your uh, guys' favorite Charlie Coffin work? I I'd, I'd have to say this probably. 
Um, really? I, I really like being John Malkovich as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So he also did. You guys ever see um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? I, I did. Uh, I liked that movie a great deal, and actually, it's uh, not as weird as some of his other ones. No, but it's such a weird subject, and I think you probably could have played more with the, is he telling the truth thing or Ooh. not. You probably could have had. Here we go. How, do you, how do you do that effect? Light leak. It's, it's a burn. light leak. That's yeah. just a light leak. You just you open up the aperture a certain way while you're filming. You let light in, but the way he's able to command it very specifically, like you know exactly how he's letting light leak in. And I love that computer. Love, love yeah. that computer. <laughs> Look how old it is. And I let the, the the writing here is exceptionally strong because to them they've done this thing a million times. It's basically just like you know everybody's had to work a late shift where you've you've snuck in beer and you've done right. whatever. They he gives such like a, a sense of uh, that to the scene and how and, and you know the discussion they're going to have is going to unravel. And Mark Ruffalo is really the only person in this movie who kind of comes out really is like an innocent in all yeah. this. He's the know? only he's the only one whose hands aren't dirty. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and you know we root for Clementine and Joel. But Mark Ruffalo is like the moral center of this movie in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Ruffalo? Mm. What, whatever. I say, I, I say Ruffalo. And for the record, fanboys be damned. You know what? I, I think he will make a perfect Bruce Banner, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think anyone's problem is with him. I right. think they all liked Edward Norton. I liked Edward Norton fine. Uh, my, but, my whole thing with you know, Edward – I don't want to get this far off. But my whole thing with Edward Norton is that he might be a douchebag to work with and want to change scripts. But so far – all of those scripts that he's changed, American for History X, it's for like, way for the better. you know, I'm pretty sure he might be a dick, but he's right. He's totally right. Yeah, and, and uh, you can get away with yeah. being a dick as long as you're right. Yeah, he knows story, and he knows character really well. Yeah, I, love, yeah. I love his little performance there. He, he repeats what the other guy's saying, and he's like, yep, got it. And then he kind of backs off like, oh, don't, let me, don't let me stop you. Don't let me interrupt any of this. I'll just, I'll just get out of your way. Would you guys erase some memories? You see this a lot. Like he, uh, <laughs> Imagery-wise, Michelle Gondry really likes... Things that aren't supposed to be in a certain place, like right. uh, the bed on the beach, you'll see later, and then the Beck video for I can't remember yeah. the name of that song, but then that Beck video on the collection, you see a the, lot of that, like a, a desk, uh, like a work desk on the beach. That whole video was about sort of like a Tom Waits. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, there's a difference between an, art, an artificial speed ramp on digital video and actually running and actually clocking film fast. Right. It's a very subtle difference, but you can tell, and and right there, you could tell that's what it was. Sound design also is working really Sound well. Sound design is great. and was, what, Yeah, it was like it, basically electronic feedback that he right. used. Whether or not that was a sound effect. I love this or, ghetto-ass you know. fucking, not even steampunk. Just, it's, a, it's a colander. It's a colander with yeah. some wires on it. Like Ghetto punk. <laughs> no, not that. Shit, I don't know. I And again, I, I reiterate what I said. Like Elijah Wood, I would love him to play some, some better assholes because I think he could really have some fun with it. Yeah, he could pull off the villain probably yeah. pretty well, especially because he's got that like baby face, so you wouldn't expect. <laughs> and didn't, he, he, didn't he do something? Uh, what did he play in Sin City? He was he was I think it was the guy with the sunglasses or something, but yeah, yeah. Um, but, it was but you don't really see his face. He was yeah. he was more yeah. he was more of a cipher in that one. He was just like expressionless and sort of this killer. But in that one, it was more about what he like how frail he looked compared to how physically imposing he could be and how like. But I'm talking about like actual moral conflict and 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 not making the right moral choices. I, that's what fascinates me about Elijah Wood in this. I could that, see him being in that... Remember that Natalie Portman, Jake Gyllenhaal movie last year, Brothers? Oh, my God, yeah. Like yeah, one of those. He could have been the Tobey Maguire character. Right. And that really good, I think, yeah. I like. I think I like Frodo way more than Spider-Man and everything. Yeah, I, I really like uh, I really like Tobey Maguire. And again, uh, I really like Tobey Maguire and Ice Storm because he's mm-hmm. this quirky weirdo who doesn't make the right cho- choices. I, I think if Tobey Maguire gets sold to us as a good guy... We naturally want to hate him, 
And, you know. <laughs> when Tobey Maguire tries to get sold to me as an actor, that's where I reject that idea. I stand by the eye storm. I think he's uh, good. Now. The character of Clementine actually exhausts me. It might be because I've known too She's many girls. She's kind of supposed like that. to, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like Eddie was like, some girls. I'm just like, oh no. I, and I was so B T D T. I was attracted to that, and then later in the year when this came out, I actually got to date that, and let me tell you, it did not end well. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it did yeah. not end well at all. Hell's to the but, S. But it but, uh, end well. but you remember that time as like this great maelstrom in your life of just crazy maelstrom. You, know, you nice. notice how she goes out and the, 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 here we the go. focus here we go. plays really yeah. really good here. Where'd she go? She's gone. Yeah, because she's already starting to go out of focus. Right. And then she's out. And so now the corner is dark over there where she was. Right. And now it, or was light. Now it's dark again. But, of course, all, all of that was in camera. She's just ducking under the right. camera. And, and then, right. boom. That, I mean, geographically, it. she should not have been there. Right. You know? Was like, that a double last? Probably a double. I think that was yeah. a double on that one. Again, you know, you could have called cut. You could have done something to right. hide the pan. Could have done some kind of swish pan. He goes, yeah. he goes like, no, just fucking do it. Just let's go, let's go silent movie on it. Let's do what they did. It's a set so we can arrange it however we want. Exactly. Yeah. All it takes is a little bit of planning, and, and, and also, but like we go, we talk about the handheld. The handheld has to be really disciplined. The focus puller has to walk with them, or have the operator pull focus, which is fucking tough. Mm. Uh, so the op- the focus puller has to walk with them during that time. They have to pan with them at that time. Mm-hmm. You have to get the amount of steps and the timing down perfect. So I, you know, it, pl- ma- it, pl- it, it plays like it's sort of off the cuff, but it's probably really, oh, it's, really it's planned. Incredibly it's intimately, intimately planned. Incredibly I'm sure as much as as much as the actors are blocked out, the the uh, the focus puller has his marks set. So you know, at this moment, the camera will be here, and this amount of distance from the actors, and right. he's hitting those marks the same way the actors are. Now, all this There's in camera where it came from. All There's this, where yeah, the, uh, yeah, that's where you find it out. Like, she really, drove home drunk. Exactly. The last time they saw and she, each other, and she basically. said, "There, I hit your car," and you're kind of like the 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 amount of cavalier attitude you had towards it. You're like, "Man, what a bitch!" But you see what kind of leads him to this point. You know? Uh huh. On the on the subject of all these in camera tricks and why be kind rewind depressed me so. Was that there's about well they pitched the movie as well these guys have to make all these movies for right. cheap man and true enough this, that sounds this awesome one really okay. like, that's CG yeah that's no it's not but yes it is that was CG that looked like CG that's CG and it, it's it was I've seen footage shocking. of them dropping a car oh maybe well fuck I'm pretty sure that was digital but what's coming up next is definitely a digital trick right oh here. this thing is badass this is really astounding the way they manage this. Anyway, on the subject of in-camera effects, which is, you know, kind of inappropriate in this particular sequence, uh, <laughs> Be Kind Rewind's like, oh, fuck yeah, I'll watch Michel Gondry make his cheap version of things all the time. And you go and see it's like a two-and-a-half-hour movie about something entirely else, and there's yeah. a jazz piece. And yeah. then the 90 seconds in the middle of the movie where it's just a montage of them doing individual tricks for different doing movies. Doing RoboCop. And, yeah. and the Ghostbusters, they had the pro packs yeah. on, on a fishing line, and it was just holding out this little streamer in front of it. Yeah. So it was just, oh, that it's just that was it's, it's inspiring trying. and adorable. And then yeah. the rest of the movie is just like, oh, that's, Jesus. That's the case where you have your seed idea for the movie. The very first thing you think of is like, this is a great idea, and then... This is that's the, really amazing work that yeah. the yeah. visual effects back and forth the same thing, and but, not only that, but like I, I I read the Cinefix and like listened to an FX guide on it and stuff like that. I still don't understand how that shot <laughs> came together. I don't understand. And then if you know, <laughs> not only that, but just a simple thing as the fact that there were a lot of storefront windows in that part. We should, that ex- were we should explain the shot for the people that aren't watching yeah. this movie. What, 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 at least what shot did we just he, watch? It's, it's the one where he gets out of his car and he goes to chase Clementine, but he gets to the other end of the block and he's at his car again and Clementine's at the other yeah, end of the block. she's walking the opposite direction. So he runs over there and then he's at his car again and then just goes back and forth. And as he goes, the storefronts get pr- uh, progressively blanker and, and you know the names of the storefronts go away and the, the sale 
tags in the in the windows and stuff. All the details. Yeah, all the details start to disappear. And this little moment here, this is all you're going to get of the scene of them just sitting on the couch eating Chinese food together. Uh-huh. Speaks volumes. You know, the distance between them and, uh, you know, the fa- just like, it's actually not a lot of geographic space, but the way they shoot it, it makes it look like there's a bigger gulf between them. And now she's on the TV because why the fuck not? Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. Because weird shit happens in dreams, weird shit happen- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's, you know, things fold in on each other. And that was basically the same same set, but you know, obviously, with it was essentially a jump cut with a different person in there, but it it masked it very well. I love that. Oh yeah, yeah. seeing through the TV basically, and the fact that the, the shot they, isn't about that; it's well, just and, there. Yeah. And you know how they do it? The way they do that? There's a camera. There's a video camera behind the, the TV. It's just yeah. yeah, in a straight pipeline, framed up perfectly. So simple. And again, someone else have been like, okay, throw a green on it, yeah. key it out, throw in, you know. Well, it's a process. The whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. We'll have to run it through a magic bullet filter to make it look like video. <laughs> DNR lace it. No. <laughs> it's interesting that right here he started to hear. And that's again, a good pans bit. back, and he, all he had to do was set the shit down. Yeah. Like all he had to do was just drop it. Out of his it. Hands. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's little camera movements like that in the entire movie. Uh, later on, when he has no face, you'll see it. But uh, you know, like uh, Elijah Woods there. That freaked me out the first time I saw it because I didn't get it was ketchup. Right. <laughs> Or what the or what the context was? The yeah, context that this is the little game that they had. It's a it's a very confusing context, even when you see the movie. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and if anybody, you know, those of our audience who have been in this, uh, you know, the relationship on a downward slide and have lived through this, th- this is the stuff that hits you hardest the most. And audiences that probably wouldn't normally appeal to a sci-fi type movie, you know, and I, I, I loosely say sci-fi. This is like sci-fi, more Twilight Zone-y sci-fi. Yeah. That was about a, a real human thing that happens to have, you know, the context of it. Th- this is what kind of carries a more conventional audience through this movie is, is those very you know strikingly real moments of what a relationship is like it's it's like you normally don't see that in movie in like a mainstream hollywood movie of of a relationship as it's ending usually there's some big thing and it gets pulled apart and then he's got to race to the airport to catch her and god knows what else but this is no the relationship ends because it's just it's destined to do so just because it runs out of momentum yeah i love (laughs) i've seen fights like this I've been yeah. in fights like this. I've been in who? Yeah, uh, that's that's what's so great about it. You know, I mean, I was once in Daytona Beach, and quietly the, the signs sign are just changing. Look, look at the guy behind him. The guy behind him has no is like losing yeah. his features on his face. You know, and there goes that, and so everybody back there yeah. now has this blur, and now we're going out of focus. Now we're into another rack. Like it, it's. I, I was liking Ken, Kate Winslet's. Rack, that that I think is rotoscoping right there. That's yeah. probably yeah, because yeah, that's not as yeah. You can see the, the edge of the jacket. There. Yeah. Oh, this poor man. Hmm. I'll be the your bear, buddy, buddy. Oh, hi. And that's <laughs> there's, such, there's such a great uh, oh, there's such a great dynamic between the way Elijah Wood is with Kirsten Dunst and the way Kirsten Dunst is with Tom Wilkinson. They swap roles for that relationship, and and also Mark Ruffalo because Mark Ruffalo, you know, Ruffalo. Are you sure it's Ruffalo? No, it's Ruffalo. Ruffalo, whatever. Mark Ruffalo. You know, Keanu. The, you know, hmm. yeah. <laughs> the way the way I'm sorry the way Elijah Wood is with Clementine because yeah. he loves her fully and is devoted to her but doesn't like it. Ruff- but at the Ruffalo, same time, he's kind of crazy. Exactly. Like, well, no, weird... that's what I'm saying. But Ruffalo yeah. is in love with Kirsten Dunst, but she really is in love with with Wilkinson. It's always about it, there's a nice little ellipsis there, I think, with those those relationships. Mm. And again, Kirsten Dunst is very relaxed and very normal in this. I, I Virgin Suicides. I think Kirsten Dunst is really really good in Virgin Suicides. And right on. And uh, and this as well. And I just think you just need a really solid director. 
Um, but then again, I hate Marie Antoinette, so who the fuck knows? I'd... Who directed that one? Sofia Coppola, same as uh, Virgin oh. Suicides. Yeah. All right, then. Hmm. And I, and, I, and I actually am one of the people who do like Lost in Translation, so it's, you know. I have to see it again before I can make a... There, I like scenes from it, but I don't know if right. I like the whole right. movie. Yet. Do you like so quotes, Dorkman? What? Do you like quotes? Quotes? It's a line in the movie. Oh. And he comes in, he's like, do you like quotes? Ah. Tom Wilkinson? We've had the discussion of playing, of acting smart and acting dumb. And I think this, and this is going to sound so fucked up, but I think this plays to Kirsten's own strength in the sense that she's actually she's acting playing a dumb person who wants to be smart. Yeah, it sounds like she a dickish wants, thing to uh, say. She but wants to be smart. I, I don't disagree, though. Yeah, but I'm saying she does it well. How she gets there, I leave that on her, but... <laughs> I blame her. Her ability to do that, I blame her. My favorite, um, in terms of a setup... I, I also like, by the way, I like how you can kind of tell when things are happening according to uh, what Clementine's roots look like <laughs> in her hair. The hair is a strategic sort of <laughs> storytelling device. Yeah. So is uh, snow. There is snow in certain scenes that happen a couple times mm. in a row. I love his Simpsons pillow. Yeah. What were you saying? I was going to say my favorite setup in this entire movie has to do with the bed, but it's, it's not this shot. Uh, it's when they're under the covers, and he's trying to cl- escape. And it's basically just the camera being pulled right in front of him as he's trying to climb through it, and it's this never-ending bed. That's, mm-hmm. again, a perfect distillation of how dreams are, dude. Brick- it's like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I can't get out of the thing. Brick does. Brick does a very good, uh, very similar technique when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is, is dreaming about um, about the girl who was murdered with the trash bag and how he kind of comes out from under the sheet when he like puts two and two together about the movie. That'll be for another thing. Yeesh! I can do her armpit. Come on now. <laughs> I would. I would I'm dare. Out, to, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would yeah. dare to say Kate Winslet's armpit is probably one of the better places to be. Well, fair That's an Oscar winner. Oscar, that is an Oscar-winning armpit. We get it. It was grim. Let's move on. <laughs> Fresh dye job there. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I hadn't uh, noticed the. I, I've always noticed the color, but not the roots. That's a good point. I pity. I pity. I pity the poor script supervisor for this movie. I, I deal with I'll bet stuff. you. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. Michelle Gondry don't need no script supervisor. He's got this entire thing in his fucking head. I mean, even we're in the same setup. He'll have the flashlight version that he'll cut to later. I can't imagine much of this was saved in editing. And I love this. Like, she's quiet until she has to, like, she's suddenly reminded about the thing she wants to chew him out for, which is his hair in the shower drain. There's a lot of really good subtle play here. And it's also, you know, whereas, see, like, she's just, she's been waiting to say that to him. Now she remembers to fucking chew him out for it. Gross. You said in the beginning that they both don't come out of this very clean. What, what is uh, Jim Carrey's character's problem? He's uh, he's a bit like when she's genuinely asking him for a baby, he kind of schluffs it off. Uh, he's a bit obsessive. He's a, a bit. He's kind know. of a curmudgeon, I guess. He's a, he's a bit of a curmudgeon. He's a bit of a killjoy. He, like he's kind of a homebody. He's quirky, which is what she loves about him. But by the same token, he's also adorable. What you can love and what you can live with are often diametrically opposed. And yeah, a lot of life is trying to find that person that you can love and live with. At I the could same never time. love Tesla. It's it's <laughs> Here, here's here's a cold here's a cold reality, folks. A lot of times the people you end up with are the ones you can live with more than the ones you love. And you kind of see that in the David Cross-Jane Adams relationship. Oh, I love this trick. I not, love this trick. Yep. <laughs> there, yeah. Now, there is an effect in the blend, but obviously it's and not. that's it, practical there. Yeah. That's practical He's there. just turning his head. <laughs> no, I think that's a, a thing. It's just a it? prosthetic, think, right? Yeah, because you can't turn it that far ah. in, in life. Um, yeah, you, probably, you probably could. <laughs> well, you know. The hairline is just really consistent all the way yeah. throughout. So. No, well, whatever. Dark again, places are weird. 
Ever go to your school? Did you ever Especially go like, when, when, when you were in school? Did you ever go to your school at like seven or eight in the evening? I oftentimes yeah. had and to it's be just there like, for it. either for either for sports or for RTC. I often had to be at my school late at night. Mm-hmm. And aside from the places you would use to make out at, like it, it would often it's be just very this weird. Place. There was a, that that restaurant just reminded me. There was a place near where I've been working, like a Thai place, and I would go there every week. And then one week they were just gone. Like it was empty. <laughs> like the ca- cash register was I gone. Your, the whole I thing. Your tweet yeah, about I tweeted that. about that. I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it burned down like 20 years ago <laughs> or something. Like it is so empty were- that it's disturbing. <laughs> Old man Kim has been dead for 30 exactly. years. I just want to read a book. I've been eating ghost tie this entire time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing about school. Do you but- remember what it tasted yeah. like? Yeah, it tasted. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about schools, my other thing is the um, I went back to my junior high school when I was uh, graduating high school to see my old drama teacher, and I wanted to say goodbye to her before I left town. And I was walking through, like all the kids were leaving. It was like two thirty, three in the afternoon, and I was walking in, and they were all like, like nipple level or shorter. It was like waiting for kids. Yeah, kids, kids are tiny. They're weird. Yeah, zombie kids are frightening too. Yeah. We've covered that before, but seriously, they still are. Yeah, we're old, and we're gonna. I love die that soon. they're just smoking weed, eating donuts, and brie yeah. on him, on him. Well, uh, th- th- there is the freedom in that because they're like the whole point of this is he's not going to remember anything. So fuck it. Hey, if I'd work it, it, it just captures that essence of people at work so well. Yeah, uh-huh. like, yeah. You just if you're if you're pulling the late shift, like Eddie said, you're going to put your feet up. Yeah, no, nobody exactly. cares. Nobody's going to know. Uh, and well, this is this bit here is going back to um, what you were talking about is the the question of something is clearly left over, yeah. Um, even even though it's erased, and and part of it is probably because he keeps trying to reenact right, right, right the the Joel relationship. Yeah. it's so such a what it's a triggering some whatever's left. Yeah, that, because she's trying to be some because, and because he's using that as a reference point. That's putting the pieces back together. It's for allowing her yeah. to make those associations. Yeah. And it's another good example. We talk often about how a, a perfect movie, which we haven't said this is, but I think we all agree, a perfect movie will, so, will, ex- yeah. will explore its ideas fully. The character that Frodo is playing, that's that's what we're talking about. Where it's like there would be a guy who would like learn all the things that turned that girl on and then go after her. Right. And it's not like it's a big part of the movie. It's just like a kind of a cursory, oh, we'll have this happen at some point during that movie. And, you know, it'd be like a little subplot. But it, it, it fleshes out the universe in a way that kind of, it, it, you know, it grounds the magic beans in a, oh, I don't know. It's like, yeah, there would be that. I mean, just stuff you wouldn't have thought of right off the bat. Pixar is great at that. Right. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> oh, you were watching Kirsten Dunst bouncing around without a bra? Yeah. That is kind of awesome. She's about to take the shirt off, Brian. Yeah, you probably yes. Uh, the thing, I was actually more looking at the legs. I think, I think a good, sci- I think a good sci-fi movie will set up its MacGuffin and and spend as little time as possible on it. Uh, Inception, I think it both worked for that, and I think here you don't need I don't, to know. I don't a think lot I disagree with that. I think Inception spends a lot of time on its MacGuffin. The origin of it. It doesn't. It never once oh. explains you how it works. Well, that's the you magic bean. That's not the MacGuffin. I'm sorry, the magic bean. Then I'm sorry. Okay, I wanted to make sure I wasn't confused. No, yeah, I I was. It was my confusion, and folks, I apologize. Uh, no, but he doesn't spend a lot of time on that. You don't spend a lot of time about how this technology came to be, and you don't need to. You know, they do spend a lot of time on Inception explaining how it works. Yes, which they I, explain which, how the dreams work. They don't explain how the machine works. Yeah, because I still don't know if it's electromagnetic yeah. or it's primarily the drug. I still don't know. You oh know yeah, yeah. I, I guess you're right. I still don't know how you can craft someone else's dream in their head while you're not connected to. Uh, okay. Again, okay. that's yeah, exactly. Although I did see that briefcase at the ArcLight, and my God, it is a briefcase. Moving on. Okay then. All right. All right. It, it looks exactly like a, it, it looks like a shitty little prop. It's a, it's amazing how. Uh, I don't know if it's like a. 
and and for for the folks like at home, background like, prop. for the folks at home wondering why we kind of keep bringing Inception up, after, a lot of us saw Inception together, and after we had seen it, like a lot of the comparisons to Eternal Sunshine sort of organically there's a lot came of out comparisons of that, to be made. Or, organically came out of that conversation, and I think there's something to be said for two very different approaches to how the subconscious manifests itself, and 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 what happens when you try to start fucking with it, and. And one movie was more. I mean, Inception is essentially a heist movie, and it has. Right. And Nolan even said he's like the great thing about heist movies is that a lot of the exposition is entertaining. Like how they go about setting it up, that's entertaining. Is how they manage the heist. This is about relationships. It's it's about specifically one relationship with a couple others as as dressing to sort of play off of that theme. But it's it's primarily about relationship, and because that has more of a more of a heart. In Inception, you get which I love. In Inception, you get the relationships there as sort of a parallel to the heist. But this, you know, the emphasis is very much on these characters and how they interact. This scene took place in a piece of popcorn. <laughs> oh, this is a There's great shot. A remote file. I love this shot. Look at that. Oh, that's cool. It's where the doll had its face pushed in, and then it kind of it resets itself, and the light kind of fo- it falls across it in a really cool way. Wow, that's. You're easy, Teague. <laughs> it was well, no. It's just a cool little shot. <laughs> that is just like so, like one of the most like romantic things I've seen in cinema uh-huh. in a long time. It just here we go. This is the first because the very it's, first it's start, time it's starting time. to fall apart. Yeah, this is the first time, and then they they this is the one that she remembers and eventually and reenacts. She, she wants yeah. to she wants to get back, and it doesn't work with Elijah Wood, but it does work with Joel when she does it again. <laughs> that I'm so happy I could just die. Yeah. Like that's such a great unlikely beautiful line, you know? It's it's one of those things that just kind of sticks in your head and mm. love it's, that. It's love true. that. There we go. It's like, well, what? That's cool. Again, pull real, away on yeah. a little Wow, you're rope. easy, Mike. <laughs> it is, but it is cool, and it's 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 they don't spend, it's not like a big trailer moment, you know. It's just like it's just a cool little effect that adds to the scene. Yeah, now he realizes what's going on, though, so that's good. I and that's our our midpoint turn. Yeah, that's like that's our you know. And say what you want <laughs> about like a lot of generic screen scru- uh, screenplay structure. This thing hits beats like clockwork. This thing hits oh, yeah. like. It hits all of its moments sort of exactly when it needs to happen. Um, if you're Michael Bay and you watch this movie, what do you think? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I bet Michael Bay has a sincere, significant admiration for the photography. Not for the storytelling, right. but for the photography contained within this. But, you know, I think a lot of directors think that they're... I wonder great- if Michael Bay does like movies. <laughs> well, I, I mean, because I, the reason I bring it up to begin with is because there's such an emotional, chewy, nuggety center to the to the candy that is the, the camera techniques. But they, they play off each other so well. And I think a lot of times people like Bay mistake form for content. And they think that, oh, well, this shot is in slow motion as they're running away. So therefore, the audience will feel this. Whereas this is like, no, these characters are going to feel this. Uh, and therefore, I'm going to dress it up with whatever I need to to convey To that. enhance that emotion. Yeah. And bits, I think every, bits like this must have been fun to shoot. Yeah, just just go nuts. Okay. There's a, there's a series of short films that Michelle Gondry and Jim Carrey made on the set of this just for fucking around that are actually on the Palm really? Video DVD. They're on the the Palm Video DVD. But the the bed that kind of moves. There's a scene with Jim Carrey. There's a little short film with Jim Carrey driving that down the street, singing the entire time. And that just sounds adorable. Totally nonsensical, but just a lot of fun. I didn't know until These Cable cool. Guy that uh, Jim Carrey can actually sing pretty well too. He can't. Well, no. Uh, the 
the uh, the Beatles tribute album. He he sings "I Am the Walrus" and he actually kind of kicks its ass. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. You know? No, he can uh, again. He does the white, I think it is "White Rabbit" in Cable Guy. Yeah. Anyway, this is a freaky fucking. Oh, this starts weirding me out. And just really the way it's lit by a flashlight. Literally, it's just as here it is. As okay, then, so yeah. so yeah. So then we're there. We pan over. We see Joel. Now we're gonna pan back over. Jim Carrey's gonna step out again. Uh, we're gonna pan back over to to Joel Prime here in a yeah, second. Yeah, so that so that whole thing was just him like taking, taking off the, the hat beanie off and, and sitting around. around and yeah. And now in his place, when the camera pans ah, back, ah oh, no. fuck! <laughs> God, that's creepy. It's the uh, old woman from The Shining. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's it reminds me of that. What was the? Oh shit! What's his she, name? This is very Hitchcockian music, by the way. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's not too dissimilar from from like the strength and psycho. Again, same thing. Again, same thing. So he took off the hat, and you can kind of tell because his hair is fucked up. Yeah. Now we're panning back over. Creepy, to, creepy, uh, creepy. Yeah, oh. that was like some Tim, Tom goes with the mayor shit right there <laughs> with uh, Elijah Wood's eyes upside yeah. down. Yeah. If you ever watched Tom goes with the mayor, it's it's mm-hmm. a primarily Photoshop show, but they fuck with kids' eyes and make them look all evil. And, what was shit? Who's the guy that made Annie Hall? Woody Allen? Woody Allen. Woody Allen. <laughs> it's like the Woody Allen movie with Robin Williams where he's like, I think you're blurry. I think you caught blurry. Just go home for the day. Caught blurry, have, yeah. Have you seen that, have you seen uh, that sequence? Where he's no. literally blur- he's literally out of focus in a focus world. Right. <laughs> Just, you're blurry, man. Go home. <laughs> Woody Allen did direct Annie Hall. Yes, he did. Yeah, that's yes. a good movie. I like. Welcome to the previous conversation. His, no, his name oh, just. Yeah. I, well, Welcome to the year nineteen seventy. I try. I try. I try. I tried to have him erased. There's, and, there's uh, another uh, little film out this year that you also might like. A little sci-fi movie called Star Wars. Yeah, you might enjoy. I really like these mo- movies you humans make. I mean, I'm, we make. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Annie Hall is way better than Star Wars, and the Academy will realize that. <laughs> yeah. Wackity shabackity scene. So anyway, I love this where she's like, well, fucking open your eyes. I tried that. Okay. Oh, it worked. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's lucid dreaming now. He knows what's going yeah. on. Th- and he's lucidly projecting. Yeah. She's responding as if she knows what's going on. There are some, th- you know, some similarities thematically to Up in the sense that, you know, what Up kind of touches on is enjoy it while it lasts. That's your real adventure. And, you know, th- this is similar in the sense of that you should just let your relationship be and, you know, no matter how it ends, it's always worth it in the end, no matter what. You wouldn't trade those moments for anything. Is there an enhancement going on right here, or is that just him? That's just him being fucking bug-eyed That's and weird. Him, was yeah. it just me, or did that look like there was a little bit of enhancement he, going on? No, his, it, no his, his body is weird. If you ever saw his, his, from his old stand-up days, he did this thing with his arm where he would throw his arm behind his head, but it would be like a perfect 90 degrees. He's just a really weirdly shaped human being yeah. and uh, who can really play up the physical side, especially on... I, you know, I fell in love with Jim Carrey from *In Living Color*. That was like my favorite show growing up. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, like his Vera DeMilo character, you see physically he's just odd. He's just this odd, gangly weirdo. Um, and that's again, it leads to great comedy. But you know, I think I think a really great comedic actor can transition better to drama than a great dramatic actor yeah. can transition. To oh comedy. yeah, absolutely. A great actor can do both, but I think I think you have an easier time sort of down converting to drama. I I have to. Uh... Going going to the the film itself, like we're talking about, she's a projection of of his memories and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but but we essentially only get to know her through that, through his so perception almost, of her. Yeah, so you almost have to wonder what what she really like because <laughs> you don't really get to meet her. You just meet 
what he remembers of her, both good and but, bad. But we, so meet, I guess we see her through Elijah Wood's interaction with her a little bit. I but she's always true. a crazy bitch. That's true. That's the control group. Well, it's a crazy bitch because she's being crazy right, because right. like her mind's sort she's of... She's kind of being driven Wait, crazy, So it's not... Like, well, my point is it's not a good control. Yeah. yeah. There was, this there, is where it starts getting fucking awesome. Where she's like, all right, try to go to a, an older memory and she ends up showing up there because he's still projecting. Yeah. So he's mixing these two memories. Well, that, which the first again, thing he looks at is her crotch, which, which I love. Which like, again, yeah. but she's like, "Remember the time you looked at my crotch?" Like she's yeah. she's telling him in her voice what he already knew. Yeah. And it's again, that's how dreams are. Where it's like, I didn't meet the guy that was in that dream with my nanny until I was forty. Like well, I don't know why inter- they're in the same. There's an interesting thing about the subconscious. I mean, there was a uh, that, that's cool. There we go. But uh, there there was a uh, one of the screenwriting blogs I read. Was um, he was talking about how how the subconscious fascinates him, and he was like, he was like, I I had a dream where I was at like a cocktail party or something, and someone told a joke, and everyone laughed, and I didn't get it, and then I woke up, and like two days later, I got the joke, <laughs> and it was like, and he was like, and it was really, it was actually funny once I got it, and I was like, that's the weirdest thing that I was able to tell myself a joke that I initially didn't understand. <laughs> So, that's so crazy. he was like, "That's a really fascinating. That suddenly fascinated me about the subconscious." Have you guys, have you guys lucid dreams? Are you capable of doing that? Yeah, I've I've done it before. It's I, not something I can I've done turn it. on or off. Yeah, it's, I, it I, happens. I, there's sometimes when you wait, like in the dream, you sort of like, "Oh, I'm in a dream," and then you sort of make stuff happen and appear. And, I can and do it. At, I can do it at will. I mean, it, the the secret that I always use is when I'm falling asleep and I start having those things. Where it's like, wait, I'm not doing that. I'm sleeping. Okay. In those moments, when I go back into it, I just kind of stay focused. Right. And, and, it, and I've been able to do it for what feels like four or five minutes at a time. I don't think I can do it. I've I've had uh, recently. I had a dream where I realized, like, wait a second, this makes no sense. It was, I dreamed my cat was still alive. Right. I was like, my my cat is dead. This what's going on? I must be dreaming. And my dream tried to adjust itself and like, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> my mom had him cloned. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like. No, I don't buy it. Yeah. And then I, the dream stopped. I, I just, I just want to say I love this scene because this is nice. Again, his, well, his ma- perspective, his manifestation of Cle- of Clementine, who he, you know, his memory of like what he knows Clementine to be, looks around in the memory of him, his kitchen when he's a child, and she looks just like, oh my god, I love this kitchen. Yeah, this is so awesome. Your mom is so hot looking. <laughs> Look at this. And uh, but also some really not here, but there's some really good forced perspective earlier. Yeah. Well, even um, in even in that, like yeah. they're they're in the same shot. Also, people with oversized things is kind of a Michelle Gondry staple. Yeah. You see that in the Everlong video with the giant hand, and you see that you know a lot of like the uh, giant telephone, the giant telephone, and some other. And he does that a lot with some other stuff, but but like right there, that's you know this is sort of warped. This is yeah, yeah. and he plays a little boy very good. He totally yeah. gets that. He's in that regressive state. It must be a really difficult exercise in spatial calculation to pull yeah. off a forced perspective trick. To get the eye lines Somewhat. to match. Well, I mean, well, no, more, no, no. Well, not that. Literally, in creating the set, <laughs> my door. And you have to know exactly right. where the camera is going to be. So I know that the table it can be scaled this way, but the surface of the table has to go back so that it never crosses where the camera is going to be. Otherwise, you get right. the joke. Right. Like it, it. It just seems like it'd be fun to. And then, of course, you get to make gigantic spaghetti noodle stirrers. And shit well, like you that, know, the Lord of the Rings probably had the most like forced perspective shots of any modern film. Yeah. Uh, With Gimli. Or with, uh, or with all the, the hobbits, hobbits. All, I mean, and, and you see like the outtakes of like where they had to like, uh, you know, one of them looks up, you know, like uh, Elijah Wood looks up, and and uh, um, you know, Ian McKellen's like, nope, look over here, and it's like, damn it, and they have to like redo that over and over again, you know, where the the, the scene where they're sitting at the table, and she plays high really good here. Actually, she plays that sort of high, confused, coming out of it, slightly paranoid, <laughs> slightly, yeah, the paranoia of the high kind of coming down. I love. 
half baked. Oh my yeah. god, that sounds so good. She's all <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she researched that part well, yeah. but uh, oh, she call, she's excited to call Howard. She's yeah, just, it's another opportunity. I can't, well, again, she doesn't understand why. Yeah, but it's in the. But he does. He's like, no, no, no. There's every number of reasons that we should not call Howard right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and they finally just fucking relents. Yeah. And there's a great look Howard's wife gives him here, which you know gets kind of paid off later. Yeah. Because he did not get his memory no. erased. Tom Wilkinson, uh, really, really fucking good, and so many. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything where I was like, "Fuck that guy!" Like he's yeah. always no, good. he's awesome in the bedroom. He really sort of underplays a lot of stuff in that movie, even though that movie has its own issues. Um, he does really amazing work in that. Batman Begins. Even that part could have easily devolved into a very sort of uh, gimmicky, stereotypical role, but he he kind of gives it a bit of heft to it. Brian. Mm. He's Howard the Doc. What? He's a doctor named Howard. Howard the Doc. Howard the Doc. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been oh, down okay. in front. We want yeah. to ask you to... Yeah. I Howard think... the Duck. I love Howard the Duck. Ouch. Anyway, sorry. That's what it sounds like to lose a podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's winning a podcast and there's losing a podcast, and that was definitely losing. Howard the Duck. Oh Side my God. Boot. Wow, she has a tattoo, and I realize she has a tattoo there. Huh. Her Her makeup must have fall off or something mm-hmm. or it is makeup no the, the, the cover up the concealer so. oh <laughs> it's got airplanes <laughs> on his jammies <laughs> love that love that now th- that's the problem with the perspective is that she's supposed to be a lot bigger but they're yeah. actually the same size underneath well the they table. are now once he once yeah. she, she joined well, there you go yeah God damn it. I thought I could I, catch Gondry, but I didn't. I do, I do love that, uh, that, that little line. She's like, he's like, I want my mom to pick me up. It's weird how strong that desire is. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's kind of analytic at the same time. He's like, this is really interesting. It explores that idea so much better than baby geniuses. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there we go. The giant cookie. I want a cookie. I want a big cookie. I can't have one because I'm sick, but I, I want a big cookie. And now we're back in reality. Oh. There we go. She does a lot of acting in this movie. Yeah. She acts her fucking acting. tail off, man. These are weird cars that they drive, too. Yeah, they're, everyone's not... driving like a Yugo from yeah. a fucking little go Volkswagen thing. I really like, in Nick and Nora's Infinite playlist, they really played up the Yugo very well. And mm-hmm. like, But you really got a sense of how much that car must have been a nightmare to drive. <laughs> His hands That's aren't it. to spec. Yeah. <laughs> Put him down. Square off those hands. <laughs> I know, right? Sleeping soldier. Hold the whole roll of quarters in your hand. Yeah. Roll of quarters. <laughs> yeah. When you, uh, it's a military thing. You're, when you stand at attention, you have to act like your hands are holding a roll of quarters in them. And that's like, uh, that's stupid. Anyway. Okay. Tom Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson I'm glad he's going. getting some play these days. Because for a long time, he was this weird, he shows Character up every now actor, and then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really, he had this renaissance in the early 2000s. And he just, I loved he just him in um, Michael Clayton. Yeah, he's great, yeah. great in Michael Clayton. That, that, uh, did he get nominated for that? Because that was I think he did. I think he must have. Because I remember seeing I remember seeing that crazy performance. Yeah. Uh, as part of the uh, this is why he's nominated. So I'm yeah. pretty sure he did. That was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I that, really like Michael Clayton. That movie Michael Clayton didn't really get as much underrated, but yeah. it's so fucking good in every respect. Got an Oscar. Yeah, and he, and, and uh, uh, didn't Clooney direct got that a as nomination, well? Nomination. Yeah. Well, no, he well Clooney won for best supporting actor for okay. that. Okay. 
But did he also direct that? Or no, he didn't. No. Somebody else did. But that was yeah. That movie was really effing solid. Hum. It'd be funny to see a movie where the the titular character is not the lead character. He's like a weird right. side character. Oh yeah. So then when when if that person gets nominated. There's probably like a weird thing where well get shorty yeah I know. feel like that's happened before <laughs> I feel yeah there's another one that's a little more on the money that I feel like waiting for Godot waiting for Guffman waiting for Guffman Guffman's like barely shows up there you know that's Guffman a, doesn't show up he never shows he up. never shows up because yeah. it's the so, same yeah. it's the same joke as waiting yeah, wait for, for Godot. Godot yeah waiting for Guffman <laughs> that looks like I don't know I would love a bathtub that was shaped like a giant sink yeah I would seriously love that. I would get drunk and panic. With that said, to get the water to turn on, you would have to like fucking have some sort of pulley system or really good deltoid strength to get that thing up. Yeah. From a from a prone position. Oh, oh no, not that. See, that's why I would panic. Yeah. I would also think that I would like, you know, woke up and I was I'm I'm, a, I'm tiny. Yeah, cuz you'd constantly be thinking about there's a garbage disposal right underneath me. Right. Yes, it did. You just didn't see. You just didn't see it because you're too busy fucking around. Kids, yeah. don't fuck around on the job. Yeah, or else you'll scramble someone's brains. That's the message of this movie. That 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 it is very much a, a um, you know the the subtle humor of the fact that they're they're doing you know a, a very serious neurological treatment, but they're treating yeah. it as a as, as a, oh you know whatever we'll just get high a, and have some brownies as a non union game. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's like a fucking. <laughs> But again, we talked about that with aliens. Is that you know you have this magnificent technology, but over time it's just going to devolve into man, I'm sick of this shit. You know, it, yeah. it, it turns it like these, and even our own jobs. Like you know, I sit at an edit bay, and like halfway through the day, I'm like, man, fuck this. Meanwhile, I'm doing shit that like it would have been magical, you know, 50 <laughs> years ago, let alone 100. Everybody's job, even like the most, even when I worked at Blockbuster. You know, like the, the the tracking that went around, like scanning a movie and like it's check that right. out. You can take that movie home with you. It's just it's it's fucking demonic, like compared <laughs> to compared to what how sorcery would have been. Yeah, sorcery, burn it with fire. I love it, and this is like where you really like really start to root for them because you're getting to the good part of their relationship. Yeah, now. you're going backwards to when it was good, and their idea of fun is awesome. They fucking park outside a drive-in where they don't pay, they can't hear, and they just mystery science theater it. That's so fucking awesome. That they that that's like their early dating process. The thing that starts to scare me is the sound design, and when it starts, this thing disappearing just chunk, 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 yeah, chunk, yeah, yeah. Chunk. scary stuff. And you get this, uh, you know, the, uh, and it's weird. The Hitchcock this is more like North by Northwest. The the soundtrack here, the sort of plucky, clunky strings that you get here, and oh, that sound that design of the speech. Weird. Yeah, see yeah. right there. Now he's just this mound of fucking flesh. That's just such a disturbing visual. Yeah. Whenever they go into the flashlight effect, that's that's yeah, what really, really unnerving. Really is like lit by a camera mounted light, like just uh and blatantly so they don't try to hide it, they don't try to gel it down, they don't try to put, you know, a box on it. They just Oh no, they they're trying it, to make it look They that let way. it spot, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he turns around, there's a bookshelf yeah. there. God, so good. Man, that's intense work too. Actually, that was not a CG effect. That was a pure practical effect because they had lit that thing individually by grid and then they just shut off the lights. Because oh, yeah? the books aren't actually disappearing if you rewind re- oh, it. Nice. It's literally just a shadow creeping in over it. Keep get, keep going back to that moment, almost yeah. getting hit by the UPS truck. Well, it makes sense. That's a traumatic event. Yeah. You know, that's something that would burn its way into your head. Wow. Jesus. Oh, this. This is sad. And she's like, put me somewhere yeah. dark. He's like, and she's like, yeah, all right. 
I love her. Her she right now she's kind of grossed she's out. Like, but in a second, when the mom comes in, she's so oh no, oh Joel, oh I'm so. Oh uh, yeah, she's so fucking sympathetic. Ah, uh, ah, awkward even there. Yeah, okay. Right. But again, like that, that's what I'm saying. This movie pulls no punches with protagonists. It's it's you know. Do you think a movie starring Tom Cruise would show him masturbating to his own comic strips of <laughs> fucked up shit? Like, you know. There we go. <laughs> I'm surprised this didn't show up She's on more excited. more promotional artwork. It did. I remember this image a great deal. And not only that, but the video, because on the soundtrack for this is Polyphonic Spree's Light and Day. And in the video for that, the video for that was all scenes from the movie. And they uh, wrote the mouths <laughs> out with the uh, the clutch cargo technique. Uh, to sing, you know, Light and Day. That's another, it's not a Michelle Gondry directed video, but it's a good one. And you see that image on there quite a bit. And this is so tragic and so sad. Like, yeah, this is messed up and crazy. It's messed up and crazy, but you know what? Like, you know that this has happened to kids. Like, oh, yeah. it still happens, and, and kids force each I, other well, to I, do I, really I think it works because it is so real. Even if you never had this experience, you can totally see kids doing this. I know. And some kid uh-huh. being really fucked up by it. Yeah. yeah. even in your memories you're still getting beat up by the bully yeah I think that's why Jim Carrey is able to bring to this he's able to actually like play a kid really good (laughs) the stupid and he runs away and I love that I know right the movie just charms your pants off and it's it's those kids but you you hear you know Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey's voice and it just I don't know something about it just like it's really moving. It's just like oddly affecting this this entire last you know this entire stretch of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Th- this is the the weird game they. You know, play the union well. guy <laughs> was like uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's enough. That's enough. There's got to be a tube and a snorkel and a you know creepy. The music again getting weird. Yeah. Just overdrive. Yeah. Yeah. Real basic techniques and tools that everybody has. Whoa! Now, you know, oh, the legs, you were, the legs were there. The legs were there. He was sitting on a mannequin leg. And, yeah. <sighs> Bastard. That's like, I don't know if we covered this on the show or not, but that's the feeling that I get when I watch music videos. Just fuck you. I feel like mm-hmm. every scene in this is like the most awesome student film you saw where you're like, God damn it, I wish I thought of that. And then, But it's just like strung together with this awesome narrative underneath it. Like all these cool techniques that that you would normally build something around. He's able to just use as fodder for each little individual scene. These cool little tricks and techniques. I, th- I think it's... <sighs> this is the, the, Eddie, this how, is, how is that submission? This is an incredibly fascinating <laughs> relationship. She gets she gets mad at how quickly he gives up on the thing. Right. She's like, she's like, no, you're supposed to play dead and let me be concerned longer. Come on. Right. That's not how you... <laughs> we're not playing this correctly. Well, well to, to answer Teague's question, uh, the pillow choke... Uh, not legal in most <laughs> MMA. Uh, she had a solid mount position, but uh, she didn't really. She's a little. Her, she was carrying her weight a little bit high. He probably could have swept her. Just saying that. Now, was that technically a triangle? No, triangle triggers with the legs. No. Yeah. Okay. So bad form. Bad, bad. Well, it's a good mount position. She didn't go for strike. She went for the the murder submission with the pillow. But that's about it. Yeah, she did that to everybody on the Titanic. <laughs> that's a. Badass house. I really want to know. I want to like study forensically who's killed somebody with a pillow in the last fifty years. <laughs> anybody? Just as anybody? Murder by pillow. Like who's actually done that? Because I've never seen that outside of a movie or a murder she wrote. Do you often encounter murders of various kinds outside? Well, of Well, no. You watch the first forty-eight or something like that. You 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 think that oh, he stabbed every damn person a, was. I mean, we just came back from Comic Con where a dude stabbed a dude in the eye with a pen. You you know like <laughs> yeah. nobody. Uh, but again, nobody. Or no pillows there. Like, no pillow. No pillows there. 
lot of fat people. A lot of fat people. A lot of pillowy guts. Yeah. There but could have been some smothering going on. Have you guys on, seen the fat slave Leia? That, really quick. Now, that was just a simple just jump a simple cut. Jump yeah. cut yeah. Just a simple jump. And, and it works there's so no well. trickery. Yeah. Because, because most of one of the reasons that works is because most of this movie is in jump cuts. Right. So, so they'll show a jump cut of them fooling around, jump cut of them fooling around, jump cut of him alone. And right. then so it doesn't strike you as being a jump cut. That's right. just the way the story is telling itself. I'm not, oh I'm not the stoned techie. Yeah, don't no, don't leave them alone. You know better. Does he know? He oh, he knows. He knows. He knows. Do we? Do we? Does he tell us that at some point? Yeah. Well, we with the Gondry, well, Gondry, I mean, the exchange. Well, no, the exchange. There's an exchange with uh, Ruffalo and the wife that intimates that he knows because he honks the horn to warn. Right, him. right, right, yeah. right, right. Good point. Now th- this is like uh, this scene here is Kirsten Dunst's like best acting in a long time because really since since uh, Virgin Suicides, I think. Like, because she's she's trying so desperately to just please him with her intellect that she doesn't have and she knows she doesn't have, but she she so desperately wants him to love her. It's such a like that's to me that's like so sympathetic in, in this moment. Just I mean she's just she's aching with how much she just wants him to like acknowledge her. Yeah, she's she's doing a really great job of you know the the kind of sad awkward smile. Like right. she's trying to show up, but she's nervous and and. You know, yeah, and yeah. Pope Aching, Alexander like say, instead yeah. of Alexander Pope. You know, yeah. <laughs> nice, Eddie. <laughs> You've been sitting on that one for a while, haven't Pope you? Pope Alexander. <laughs> Wait, what? What did I sit on? What did I the do? Pope Alexander instead of the Alexander Pope? Yeah, well, yeah. That's I mean, that's the joke. That's the joke. Yeah. The oh, oh, yeah. oh, she actually yeah. says that. Yeah. And then and we that get, gives us our title. Right. We get the title, and it's not even really. It, the funny thing is, like. She, we get the where the title comes from, but at the same time, it's like I don't think you even needed to explain it. Like it just makes sense, yeah, <laughs> in exactly. a weird way. Like yeah. you don't even need to understand the context. Man, I really am just tired of all these Star <laughs> <Yeah>. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I really wish a Jedi would return. Yeah, God. I sure hope the Empire doesn't hmm. strike back. We're, we're making a joke, but I really wish the clones did attack. If <laughs> I only had a few good men. And the phantom, oh. the phantom wasn't there very menacing, and uh, yeah, that—that's where everyone's like, uh, "Hello." There's a few, and there's a few more of those. Like, and I love that we get, we're really invested in like the B story of this, yeah, and how the B story kind of brings a conclusion to the A, and yeah, if this if this didn't happen, we wouldn't get a conclusion to the to the A story. And I, I'm really trying to think of a way to say how this could like a thing that this thing did wrong because I don't want to make it just a pure jerk off fest for this, for this <laughs> commentary but by the same token like there's such a craft into this movie and there's very few people I remember Roger Ebert on Twitter actually said like are there movies where there's like a group of people that don't like is there I mean aren't there movies that everybody just sort of loves and Eternal Sunshine was like for a while the leading thing where no everybody fucking loves that movie and then sure enough somebody found some obscure webpage message board group dedicated right. to hating this movie but I, I, I don't know why I would be interested in reading that message yeah, and, yeah. And, and certainly if any of our, our listeners know or hate go. this movie I'd love to hear why he see, well he sees it well and maybe, that, yeah. how maybe he doesn't know that. maybe he doesn't already know maybe he was just going uh why is she fucking kissing him uh, dudes guys i think guys. It, i think it's uh well the thing is there's a bit of recognition there's, when she rolls up and sees yeah. him and he's like and, th- and that causes him to look inside i love this well yeah but that she doesn't just kind of shoves him i don't think that's that very well, but then, yeah, she fucking smacks him be- like again i don't know oh in that case yeah 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 yeah, yeah to me it read she wouldn't beat up knows. on him if, yeah okay because he, 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 he might have just been like 
Well, the doctor and the chick are in there at two in the morning on a weeknight. Yeah, no, you could see them kissing through the window. Yeah, he kind right. he saw them. Yeah, he saw that happening. Well, that's my point. But you... but it comes up later that he had seen them together. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. she wouldn't have beat up on yeah. him if he didn't already know. So that's and that's... this is the big reveal here where yeah. You know... There we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, that. Don't be a monster. Tell the girl. Oh, well, <laughs> you see, funny you mentioned yeah, that. Right. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. God. And that actress, don't know who she is. She has like two minutes in this movie and fucking floors it. I love that. I, I love that to an extent. She doesn't really blame Kirsten Dunst even. No, she, she's how, just how like, can't she? Yeah. <sighs> well, because she he knows better, and he yeah. fucking he, a you're old when the, the if you're the older one by a significant age group, the onus is on you to fucking know. That's better, true. You know, and not only that, especially since he's you know responsible for. You know, it, it, I mean, again, if the, the thing is deep down, he wants it to. He wants to be admired. He wants to be fucking. Earlier on, when she's trying to impress him with quotes, he should have known and like prevented anything. From right, happening, right. Know? That's what I'm saying. No one, no one comes out of Scott clean. And the doctor really is. If there is an antagonist in this film, uh, it's really it's it's not thematically him, but at least you know in, in character it may be right. him because he's the one responsible for all this nightmares. Right, and and she, I mean, what he's telling her right now is a lie, as we find out later. Yeah, he he's saying you wanted the procedure and the whole thing, but she listens to her tape. And she clearly doesn't want to do it when when they listen to it. Yeah, later. but in that scenario, I actually side with him. Why? It's like, well, cause fire her and like let yeah. her find well, other yeah, job, get, get her out of your life. Yeah, get, that's that's probably better. <laughs> that's the, that's the responsible thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably, probably better. Right. Other than the other option, which is the mind rape. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. my point is, I've known girls that wouldn't let getting fired stop them. And if you're in a stable situation, you don't want that happening, right? You, you, but she yeah. didn't. She didn't want it. He's lying to her. He's trying right. to comfort her by saying. No, I'm not you saying. I'm not saying that that's fucking not wrong. That's way yeah. wrong. Yeah. Here, here's another alternative. Don't have the affair to begin with. Yes. Like, that's, <laughs> Think about that's that. Another, one. That's another. Here we go. More, uh, more, more books racing. disappearing. And that's a relatively simple thing of just you know painting it out. Yeah, just turning white. Boop, yeah. boop. Yep. Tracking would be the hardest thing there, but it, I mean, even so, you you know, yeah, just boop, white, boop, little masks. Yeah. No sound design underneath it because he's not trying to draw attention to it. He's yeah, just, it's, it's just, just happening around them. This movie does reward repeat viewings in the sense of like what you, you know, little subtle hints of the overall thing. I think it it'd almost be cooler if he just every time he cut there was just more white ones, more white ones, as opposed to seeing them disappear. I think it'd be cooler if it just it started all this. But we've had fifteen or twenty cuts in the sequence. It'd be cool if just every time there was more of them. It would feel more right. discontinuous. Yeah, it'd feel more jump cutting. There, there's a there's a point where it becomes a bit distracting, and I think like right there, they're kind of in a nice steady sort of rhythm. It's not too damaging to the eye. It's just sort of you do ultimately want to pay attention. Most importantly, what's happening between Joel and Clementine. You don't necessarily want to count how many books are disappearing, but it's just it's there. You know, it's true to the world because it's happening. So there. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what they're talking about here because we don't have subtitles. Well, that, where, that was the most clear of the books. I, I tried to get the subtitles before. up again early on, okay. and I'm like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's it's either in this scene or immediately after where she basically has her. She says, "Go to Montauk right here. Or meet me in Montauk right here." No, he, no. He no. has his thematic. Uh, oh no, that's in the house. About, that's the very. Uh, end. Yeah. Yeah. He has his thematic little speech. I don't remember the verbatim, but. You know, it's like, you know, sure, maybe this is all just pointless and a waste of time, but I still well want it. Yeah. I still want yeah. it. Maybe yeah. it, it is tragic and heartbreaking, but it's, well, that's life, not? you know, and the, we, yeah. we know the good because of the bad, you know, we don't, we would have no context. You take the for good, it. you take the bad, take oh, both, and 
There you have the that one was Brian. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, I think I think that the whole point of this this movie is people. You you asked the question, you know, earlier. Would you erase? Would you erase your memories? And people have thought about that. And I think this this movie. I, I think everyone's probably thought about that when they have painful memories. Yeah. And I think this movie does a really good job of addressing. It's like, of course, it hurts, and it seems like you'd want to erase it, but you'd have to erase all the good stuff, too. At the same time, while still being honest about the pain involved. Right. While going, no, it wasn't that bad. Right. No, no it, it was sucked. Bad, yeah. It yeah. sucked. It's just the alternative is worse. Yeah. And after a breakup, we tend to either demonize or, uh, you know, uh, sanctify the memory of what happened. Like, oh, my God, it was so great the entire time. We got, Well, no, it probably wasn't. No, you that's were just why you either. Broke up. We, we <laughs> do that with all memories. Yeah. We, yeah. We strip no, exactly. Away, we strip away the, the gray areas of them, and we decide it was this one thing, and we strip our memory down to that. So it's, I mean, you know, everybody has that one relationship that ends in such a heartbreaking, damaging way that it ends up shaping not only your perspective on relationships, oh, but sort of like <laughs> the coast of the the course of your life from that point on. And so, to me, it's like if you take out the, that relationship, you take out what happened, like the choices you make afterwards, and for better or worse, that becomes a part of who you are. And I think that's why ultimately this technique fails is because you can't just repress or erase memories because you have to erase giant parts of who you are and then you're left wondering why you do the things you do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's definitely addressed here. There's so much of – there's so much of – as we see, there's so much of his life that he had to get rid of to get rid of her. We hadn't seen her green before, had we? Nope. This is the first time he's seen her. And that's on a script level, like what color This is the original, is. original meeting, right? This is the original meeting, which we, we think, because at this point, up until this point, we thought that maybe that the beginning of the movie was the original meeting, but we're about to find out that this, because in the theater, I'm like, okay. Because this is so, the first time he knows the Oh My Darling song. Yeah, exactly. Only time he knows it. <laughs> I love that. And then you just took it. <laughs> you just, uh, you just, you just took my chicken, whatever. Yeah. I mean, if a hot girl takes my chicken, I'm not going to throw well, up. Well, no, I think he's doing it. that in his brain. I think he's remembering it. And yeah, he's remembering it. No, yeah, exactly. No, that's Although exactly it would be a funny is. thing to say in the moment, too. And then she just took it without even waiting. It's a very – it's actually funny. I, I love that, that he got the the song erased from his brain is basically right. what happened, and that's why he doesn't Maybe know Maybe that's the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate point of this movie. That's the ultimate happiness. Is not knowing my darling Clementine. Right. Clementines are a fruit, right? They're like little oranges. Yeah, they're really delicious, actually, and they're they're uh, orange, orange, orangey. No, orange? they're they're citrusy. They're little. Aren't they're they little oranges? Tan- the, I was saying tangerine. tangerine. Yeah, no, but he, Clementine. she, Clementine's a thing too. She's called tangerine a few times because of yeah. her her hair. It's a yeah. it's a nickname that she's given. But. I can't hear the word tangerine without thinking of the flaming lips anymore. <laughs> she uses tangerine. Yeah, there we go. That's that. That was more than anything a big thematic moment. He was saying, you know, we don't have a lot of time left before they find us. She says, "What do we do?" And he says, "Enjoy it." it we do exactly what I we hope, can. I hope this score got nominated because it's amazing. This is a, this. I mean, this, and this is where the the score actually gets like really moving. A chick from moment. Jaws is being eaten just <laughs> off screen. Right. That wasn't Montauk though. That was a fucking no. That was a Midi Island. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying. Beach at night. I'm going yeah. To Although now there's the Montauk monster, which is like it's yeah. a dog. It's a dog. Just chill. It's, <laughs> it's a regular it's a dog, animal. Folks. Don't freak out. That'll work. Or no, it was a raccoon. I think it was a raccoon. Is what they determined. It was a raccoon dog. It's a monster again. Yeah. <laughs> my friend was freak freaked. out again. My friend so was freaked out because uh, 
My friend was freaked out when she saw this movie because prior to, to this, she actually had an experience with a guy where, that she met on the beach, and they found this house that was open, like the door was like wide open, no one was in there, and they went in there and made out. And so when she saw this, she kind of it, like it, the movie was like fucking with her to begin with, and then it just literally kind of made her paranoid. She couldn't this movie, the movie knows who I am. I know, right? <laughs> They're following me. That mo- <laughs> there were this, people in that house. This movie is stealing my memories. I know, right? Puts on like a tinfoil hat. Don't take it away. <laughs> like, I changed my mind. I changed my I, mind. My love I don't is want not it anymore. My love is not your food. <laughs> she's a bad influence, right? She's yeah. She's definitely an enabler. Yeah. Now, when you think of another movie where a couple breaks into a house and and sort of play actually like far and away that scene where they fucking like they go into that movie this movie like this scene is like so much more emotionally resonant to me than than that scene ever will be mm-hmm. um i don't know but it, well, this choices. is this is also really important because it's um establishing in his character his like like we were saying he's kind of I don't think curmudgeon is the word, but he's not a risk taker. He's, he's, yeah. he's really, he's a scaredy cat. He doesn't he's a stick like in the mud to a degree. He's a stick yeah. in the mud, yeah. Um, he doesn't like venturing outside of his comfort zone, you know, which well, is why, to an extent, she was good for him. And but. also why she was attracted to him, because he can be the anchor, she can be the kite that's right. tied to, you know? Right. He can see her fly, she can, you know, look down and see him be steady for her. Yeah. And unfortunately, relationships like that, like, I mean, there's going to be a great deal of conflict. Yeah, sooner or later. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were a nut. Gee, it was. And is. And I love how... we discover. I I love how this isn't erasing. I love how this is flooding and cracking apart. It's just falling apart. apart Because it's the hardest memory to let go. It's, it's It's the one that... It's it's literally crumbling and destroy. It's being destroyed. It's not being erased. It's actually being broken apart. The more I think about it, the more I really do like the way this portrays dreams as compared to Inception. Yeah. But again, I, I this isn't a dream state. This is actual memory. This is actual, and because of that, because it's a memory. Well, you I think can that play... it's it, it, even it's not trying to do the dream thing, and I think it's doing a dream thing better than Inception did. I, re- I really think you're, it's a distinction without a difference in this case. I, you know, but but I I. I don't. You may, in fact, be right. I'm, but for whatever reason, I accept I, your apology. Uh, you, <laughs> what I'm saying, for whatever reason, I I do find uh, a big difference between a dream and the actual and and memory and how that works. I think I don't know. I think they operate differently. I don't know. I don't have enough scientific knowledge to back that up with anything. But to me, memory and dream feel very different. I don't know. I've, well, I think maybe what you're tapping into is that all of in, all of Inception are invented dreamscapes as sure. opposed to legitimate emotional yeah memories. his own possessions you know? so you know i guess and maybe that's why inception feels the way it does compared to this where this is this emotional really you know melodic movie right and then inception is sort of fucking this i think i think both i think watch it's, him float he's I, fighting while he's floating well i think i think it i think both play into i think it's like a venn diagram because inception is supposed to be about dream but what does in in leo's dream he has a basement level with his wife that's filled with memory and so he's got memory in his dream, and I think their memories in this movie are more like dreams. So I think there's a bit of overlap in both. Why would she say, meet me in Montauk, if she is a projection? It's not like she's planning to meet him. That's no, well, the that's only the, that's he's, the, he's remembering that yeah. one moment. The, and that's the, well, that's a bit of the... the, the that's, a, that's a question to be asked. Yeah. That's, a, that's a leap to be asked, because clearly she 
had the same thing happen in her mind as well. Something about Montauk draws her. Right, maybe but he would, that, he would not have invented that part of her mind. No, but I think no. maybe both of them had a similar self-defense which is go to Montauk, like Montauk. Yeah. Montauk is where. Or there's Montauk. a, or or you know, you could you could argue that they put a little bit of a spiritual, supernatural, like there there's a connection. That's the uh, according to the movie. To it, yeah. You know, you can you can easily say there's some kind of um, mystical connection. That, that's going the on. that's the only sort of I, I wouldn't say that's like a I don't want to say a second magic bean. It's like it's like a a bean lit. I don't know, but it, it's like it's like that's the only thing that goes a little unexplained. It doesn't bother me because I think they've earned it up until now. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I think I think no, it's you like can poetry it rhymes. Yeah. She it's it's easily the kind of thing where it's just some a place that matters to both of them. So her her as a projection, that's the one thing he's managed to hold on to is Montauk. And likewise, the same thing may easily have happened to her. I can see this having an amazing graphic novel supplement that is just what happened when Clementine got him a race. Sure. And the and what if her emotional struggle was a different one, or if it was very much the same? Yeah. I mean, I could imagine they would follow similar a similar path. Similar path, yeah. But she might have had a different. I mean, it's different character. You have to wonder how many uh, how how. You you have to wonder how this turns out for most people, to be honest, because they seem pretty experienced in tracking people down when they try to escape. So it's like, how many people actually do this and change their minds? Yeah, how many how many people does this actually stick yeah. for? <laughs> Watch there be one it. asshole who's just like, take it, kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every member is just, fuck that one. <laughs> fuck yeah. that one. Just, just and I hate a, your clothes. <laughs> just running through his brain trying to make them erase it. <laughs> just had a really this shitty one. life. Get this yeah. one. This one. Yeah. Over here. Over here. You got it. You got it. Uh, that's not even part of the thing, but I really yeah. hated that. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Now now you're seeing the beginning again. It's doing one of those things where you're like, oh, the context is completely different now. I understand. <laughs> he seems so confused by his entire room, though, to be honest. Well, uh, to be fair, I guess that makes sense because they were together for what? Like a year? Two years? Something so like if he that. just wakes up and... So, so yeah, he wakes up and different. two years have been gone. And, yeah, yeah. The, his, all his furniture is different and is like, what the fuck is going on there we go I don't remember if she was fired or she quit or I think she quits like yeah. straight up and she you know she's she's she went back to the office to find her tape but and now she, she's just I don't think she officially put in her two weeks notice either. right I she think just she's, leaving <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think she necessarily went by procedure on this one <laughs> thank you sir and I shall not call again I don't yeah. think it, it come down, came down to that here we go Oh, here it is. Here's yeah. the talk they do about address it. He, does, he did suspect He suspected it. He, didn't he didn't know, know for sure. Yeah. Know. And then this, this, this is another... All, it's always the little lines in this movie that are really right. the significant ones. Just right here. You looked happy. And that's why he didn't want to find out more because he really wanted to be with her. Yeah. He really wanted just her. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. He's like, I never saw you two together. It's like he knows that their job is to erase memories, <laughs> and he's like, Oh, it seemed like things were different all of a sudden. And yeah, I didn't understand how that could be. If I if, <laughs> if I worked at a place that erased memories, I I, I would, would trust nothing and nobody. I know, right? I'd wear a padlocked helmet. Like yeah. I just. <laughs> and fortunately, they're going to Montauk on the same day. Right. Even though she well, would have had all, her experience well, a couple weeks the, ago, no, well, we know she's been going every day. The, well, but also the event, the events are leaked because 
the previous night, Elijah Wood took her there, and so now her mind is stirring. You know what I mean? Be, be, and he took okay. her there okay. because okay. of because he was coming off the job of a race of erasing Joel's memory. So it's not a, a huge coincidence thing. The 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 events inform the other. No fair, Eddie. <laughs> so there. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> now we discover. Wait a second, that's not just her stuff. <laughs> Hold on a second. I wonder how Damn, much this movie pays off a bunch of ideas. Yeah. I wonder how much they charge for this. I'm just curious how much money they would have 40 made. bucks? Maybe 50? So? Well, I mean, no, 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure it's a thousand Here's, here's yeah. the thing. If I'm sending you into my brain to scramble some shit up, I will pay... I'd rather pay more well, money. It's like, it's, like getting, it's like getting a tattoo. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'll pay 700 and you won't fuck up. How about that? $40 yeah. for this giant dragon. Like, no. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to no. it's it's look so good. And this is where it gets kind of funny. Yeah, then you realize what... what oh, you're such a shit-stained Frodo. Yeah. Because earlier he's like, can I help you? And you're like, what the fuck is this? What's happening? I love when she kicks him out, though. Like, just her total freak out. Oh, no. Why oh, do you love that? I don't know. Just because of how she freaks out. No, get the fuck away! Just <laughs> <laughs> she just goes for it, I think. Whoa. Hello. Oh, because she fell down She on fell on her ass. ass. Uh-huh. Hey, hey! <laughs> Roll the goddamn dice! <laughs> that was a joke for the four of us in the room, not the four of you listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So for, so two nights ago would have been when she when she yeah okay so it's but it's the night before they first meet. That's right. Okay. Right. Tracking the uh, man. This movie is smarter than me. Shit. Just yeah. every every single thing. I mean, in, in Kirsten Dunst, her little plight here at the end, it's just everything's just like that's just a fucking movie. Well done, sir. It's a it's a little Mobius trip. It just flips right back in on itself. Well, yeah. up until now, now it's going to be over with because she's putting an end to this whole crazy corruption. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, tapes. We, we've done the the twist. Mode. Yeah. And at, now, now, point. yeah, the twist is over, and then this movie's not about the twist. This movie's about where do we go from here? You know, it's like where. Like do we now? It's now's when the choice really matters, and I love that they didn't put too fine a point on it. And said Joel and Clementine were able to get married and have four kids. You didn't get fast forwarded in any of the. No, point. and and in fact, it it becomes it 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 becomes very clear that that's probably not what's going to happen. And also, yeah. the, the last shot kind of tips its hand. With uh, okay, where it just repeats itself, and they're on the beach. Right. Well, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, she gives she gives her whole speech in a little bit. About why it's not going to last and why they're going to break up and and right. you know it'll ultimately just all fall apart because that's how it always does and then of course the the tremendous payoff with with Jim Carrey just going okay yeah <laughs> let's just do it all right yeah and this is I mean you know you sympathize with him but it, it's he is reacting very strongly and it's another thing that kind of makes you realize how they probably broke up to begin with. Do we ever see I think, well, he doesn't, I think he doesn't he cheated like, on her. He doesn't like to be fucked with, you know, obviously, and he feels no. like she's fucking with him right here. And she, yeah, she yeah. feels like she's a stranger and she's been, you know Fucking with him. Yeah. He feel, he, Facebook she's gonna, stalking. Yeah, he's there we go. She's got you know, like <laughs> Dorkman <laughs> is grinning and punching the air. Yeah. Like I she's love gonna that. like she's gonna fucking, you know, drop a bucket of pig's blood on prom night on him or something. <laughs> like he's He's the he's paranoid about that kind of stuff. He doesn't want to be made a fool of. Yeah. He's that kind of person. Yeah. 
Probably because at one point he was goaded into killing a bird. No, I love but that. We, we we showed her we showed her in her apartment, stress out, and then we see her driving with a piece of phone book in her hand with like one thing clearly highlighted. We didn't see any of her like looking for his address or yeah. anything. That was all we needed. Or any just of the little, decision yeah, process. She was she was she, she was upset. And then she's she's in action. That's efficiency. That's efficiency in writing. Oh, and I love that. She's just like, oh, hey, Clem. She's like, uh, hi. Hi, guy. I, I am Clem. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I, as I neighbor go inside now. As neighbor number four, yeah. he get the little memo. Yeah, exactly. And again, we don't see him answer, you know, pick, uh, answering his mailbox or anything. Like We just see I, him they, listening. Something they don't really play up or talk about is the collateral effects of this where, oh, they do shit. I was going to say, there's, they never have like a friend that says, so where's Clem? But they paid off David Cross and Homegirl. Because yeah. they get the yeah. little memo. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh, he it's tight that or something, I guess. It is <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that looks exactly like him. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, honey. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. You uh, got the hair color wrong. Yeah. No. I have, really, really wrong. I have a bit more skin. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm not that hideous. Right. <laughs> Why do you keep drawing me like an old crone? So apparently, Joel is our crumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I am kind of curious. I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see who did the the um, the illustration for it because the art does look a tad familiar. Mm-hmm. But it, probably like that section of the comic book store that I just kind of glanced past on my way to X Men. You know, just like you know. This is very this uh, and of course this is very interesting where they're, you know, with with her tape and now him and they're like just it's 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 one of those things again in relationships it's like the thing you really like about someone early on is like the thing you fucking hate about them after right. you know a year right. or two um, and uh, yeah know, that's, it, it, that's what you're hearing yeah. right here is literally the the juxtaposition of yeah. what they think they like about each other and what eventually will drive them in, in relationships up the wall. it always goes like oh man I can't wait for you guys to meet her she's so uh, unpredictable and then like fast forward here it's like she's fucking crazy like that's what that that's what that devolves to Charlie Kaufman you are allowed to do any drugs you want keep it up buddy see I don't I, that's the thing I think guys like Charlie Kaufman probably don't drink that much probably they're don't just do weird. any drugs they're just these impish <laughs> they people just, who can't I was like, surprised to find out that he was like an alcoholic yeah. I wasn't surprised when I found out Aaron Sorkin was addicted to coke for five years and mushrooms and fucking and every damn thing else, yeah, yeah. Or Stephen King was an alcoholic. Yeah, and this, this, and oh, you can tell. Stephen King you was can a tell. Fucking... You can like if you have like every book of Stephen King's ever written, you can like look in between the two books and go right there. Like that's where <laughs> yeah. he stopped doing alcohol. That's where he did cocaine. Yeah, right there, and that's where yeah. Short story, <laughs> short story, short story. <laughs> Seriously, novella, yeah. novella, novella. The stand. Pseudonym, 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 pseudonym. They're like layers in the rock. And van. <laughs> um, <laughs> and van. <laughs> It's but but this is uh, this is again very interesting because you've got almost like the condensation of the the usual romantic comedy because it's like they've just started and then they've managed to fast forward to the breakup together by just listening to how much they hate each other and now they're coming back around to and also these are the cleanest you know. shots even we've this got. scene would have yeah. been an excellent short film yeah these are the closest to 
steady. Like, it's still handheld, you can tell, but it's a very steady yeah. handheld, and it's very it's very clean. The lighting's fairly even throughout. We're still mostly natural, but you can tell we bounce a little bit. Here. Yeah. Lost focus. Do you guys agree with that? Right Even this last scene where it's just these two people that just met hearing each yeah. other talking. It's like another little premise you could for have, a short You film. could have started you could start them off with the with their folders and the tapes and whatnot. It started there, taking it to here, and seeing that at a festival and go, Oh, that was really cool. You know, like mm. you, you could see that on its own. I love that. That okay. That's yeah, that's exactly that's what the whole movie's and about. Her, yeah. And her nodding, and then she she's goes, like, because okay. she's tra- she's being like, "There's no point, there's no fucking reason, and we're just gonna break up and blah blah blah, and you know it'll yeah. be fun for a while, but then we'll break up." And he's like, "Okay," she's like, uh, "Good point, yeah, okay." <laughs> and so they do, and right there, you know? she, and right there, he's the daring one. He's the yes, exactly. One. She's the one who's scared and reserved and impish. Exactly. And here he's, we are. He he's turned it around and decided, you know what, I am gonna take take the risk this and we, time. And when you talk about your characters having an arc and growing and learning. That is, they get, they grow and learn, but not because the best friend tells them that the secretary is perfect for you. Right. But because they fucking have earned it this entire movie, they've clawed for every painful inch that yeah. they've had. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the message about any relationship. It's like sooner or later, you know, it's, it's like we talked about uh, with up or whatever. Sooner or later, you're going to lose the people you love. Either you're going to, you know, break up with them. You're not going to be able, or they're going to die or, you know, something, but it's like, the the that doesn't mean you sh- that doesn't mean the time with them isn't completely right, worth right. it. Uh, in a weird way, this is a strange analogy, but this song, this movie gives me the same sort of emotional feeling as uh, "Don't Change Your Plans" by Ben Folds Five. Like, love it's, uh, that song. Yeah, it's just such a it's just such a you know the 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 totally a bit of fatalism, but you have to do it, and you know it's just it, you, you kind of have to go there, and you have to because it's still worth it, man. That's a interesting. I'm with you on it. But, yeah, you know, I, I know. like Ben Folds. I know the three people in our audience who like Ben Folds Five may actually agree, but this uh, movie blows my mind. There are some movies that you just can't picture getting everything as well as they did it. There's not a lot of them. This is one of them. Every single fucking thing they thought of and they involved it and they paid it off. Like even the little super tangential notions, just well that, but this. That and they're they're happening all around you, and the first time through you don't even notice it because you're so busy being consumed by how weird the movie is, and it just this this movie. Someone said creamy nougat. This is a creamy nougat movie. This is just <laughs> hell yeah. This is a dessert movie. Brian, this movie is better than I am. This movie is better <laughs> than I will ever ever be. Yeah, it's it's a it's an affecting situation. Uh, just and somebody thinking about every possible conceivable ramification of that situation and really de- really devoting the the depth of thought necessary to to convey it. I don't know. I got nothing. It's awesome. Dork yeah. man. This is I I mean we've we've talked about it and I set it up at the beginning, you know, and and it's just a really powerful beautiful movie and I don't know what more there can be to say about it, honestly. Well then, fuck Eddie. Uh, fuck me then. Uh, well, I mean, I, yeah. There, as far as the movie, I, I don't know what else to say with that we haven't already beaten into the ground. But what I would say is for our audience, for those who may not like this movie or may not argue, not even necessarily not like, but the goes who the guys and ladies who may go meh to this. I really want to know like what about the relationship stuff did not work for you. I'd really like to know what about this mm. movie didn't work for you. And I think and, and I think you should is it maybe because you're not a human being. Cause well, that's the only saying. possible like, explanation. I, and not to sound abrasive or confrontational, but I, I'd really like to know like uh, you know what your relationships are like then, because the, this is about as real as as handling human relationships as as much as any movie can be, and and uh, or at least certain aspects of it. And so I, I'd really like to know. And I'm, I'm being for real, like. 
for those who don't like it, I want to know what they think. You know, right on. And for that, you can always join us at our forums. You can go to www.downandfront.net, register, involve yourself in the conversation. Eventually, there may be show notes. Matt Fade of Ada moved away. We'll find out. Uh, you can always go to Cafe Press, buy a t-shirt. iTunes, get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter, Facebook, every damn thing. If you go to the store and buy this DVD there, we get a buck. And you should do that because we like bucks. Um, that's all I got. My name is T. Christie. Brian Pinter. Nice job. Eddie Doty. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night! Anonymous content. Trendsinyourhead.com <laughs>